Definitely on, and we have another amazing uh, couple of guests on tonight from uh, the Next Step uh, Australia. We have big, massive welcome to Simo and Richie. Welcome to Wormholes Podcast. Thanks, Thanks lads. On. Thank you very much for inviting us and having us on your show. Yeah, cheers, guys. It's <laughs> really good to be here. Yeah, we've been yeah. looking forward to chatting to you guys um, just about men's mental health or just mental health in general because it's just such a you – know, like, like we were saying before we went on air here, we were saying it's, it's starting to become – more of a conversation, a community conversation, and getting like local lads, you know, from Adelaide to talk about it is what we we've been trying to do. So, yeah. I think what makes this one, sorry, if I cut you off there, I think what makes this one special as well is you're the first people that we've had on the podcast that are not already friends. Like, so we've just met you thirty minutes ago, <laughs> um, and that so this has happened from us having a podcast. A mutual friend has told us to reach out to you. We've reached out a while ago, then we've ended up being able to finally make it work tonight. So um, for us, it's a, a bit of a milestone because it's the yeah. first time we've had two complete unknowns. So um, please, you know, don't don't hurt us too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no, please we'll go gentle as well, you guys. <laughs> Even just we'll like, you know, just when I'm like, cause, so the reason um, that we have to let you down the side is because uh, uh, our mate here uh, has his recording studio in the front. Uh, so right. the, that's all soundproof. So you can't, can't actually get in that door. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so we yeah, realise yeah. as well, like it's a bit like, you know, it's probably not for two staunch blokes like yourself, but you know what I mean? If we had, talking. I, sent, I sent Richie first. So <laughs> And he actually is like, fuck Rich, what have you got me into? I'm like, yeah. I don't know, just keep following, let's go. <laughs> when so you come in here and there's good. a sex swing hanging yeah, out. Yeah, that's it. Richie, Richie beanies. You beat me to it. Yeah. Come on, mate, you'd be straight in head first. Yeah. It would yeah, be funny yeah. just to have something like that, like, have the podcast set up as well, but just something in that doorway. <laughs> like a blow-up doll, like a blow-up doll, just so when you walk around that corner, the first thing you yeah, see is that on the window. Yeah. And then we see who comes in or like gets their phone out and rings us like, am I in the right house? <laughs> yeah. Or he just like stops and just turns around and walks well, away. Yeah. We'd be sitting here so you could hear like the footsteps forward, like coming at a normal pace and then the footsteps back going at 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be fantastic. No, like, um, well, but for us, I'm sure you would have been like, is, is that bloke taking his pants off? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys have grabbed the blob doll and fucking yeah. <laughs> That's what we came God for. Yeah. Um, so look, obviously it's great to have you on. I want to start, I guess, first of all, by just getting, we'll get into um, yourselves individually. I want to, I want to really know about your guys' journey and what's led you to where you are, but let's focus on the next step to begin with, because the first thing I want to understand is how it came about um, and, and you know, what was, what the idea spurred from. Um, and I guess, you know, tell the people who, who don't know um, what the idea is behind it and what you guys are trying to achieve. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll take over on that one. So I guess, like we said, in that first half now, we've sort of had a bit of a meet and greet and we sort of share a similar story to how your podcast started. So leading into um, COVID, um, I wanted to do something um, <coughs> for our community, basically. But So where that stemmed from, and I know we'll talk about our individual experiences a bit later, but... Um, I've always struggled with mental health, um, predominantly mainly in my um, late adolescent years, you know, going into that late teens, into yeah, my like 20s. Yeah, formative years, yeah. Exactly, where I think most young men will, and generally statistically has shown that that's, that's that age group. But um, <coughs> so anyway, through that, you know, and through life, it's always been a passion, you know. Although it was never publicised and it, I've never put it out there in such a way, but... 
I was talking to Simo about this a, a long time ago. It's one of those things I feel that once you've gone through mental health, you can read it in people. It's like a, another part of your mind opens up where if you haven't had those experiences, you can't quite see it in people. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're smiling, bro. So yeah. you know exactly yeah. what I mean. So then <clears throat> from that, obviously helped just friends and family over the years. Then leading into COVID, um, we had a mutual friend, not through mental health difficulties, but he passed away. Um, and for our circle of friend group, that was a really tough time yeah. for a lot of us because he was a significant part of our friendship group and uh, yeah. it rocked us pretty hard. As and it would. Yeah, it mm. does, bro, you know. Um, you know, And it was, you know, one of those typical, uh, one of those young lives taken too soon. Yep. And yeah. then um, off the back of that, only probably, so that February, March, um, going into April, so not even a month and a half later, <coughs> I'm part of a gym down south. And um, so it's a mixed martial arts sort of uh, fighting gym, you know, with uh, MMA, um, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu and all that. So, yep. so, what's, so your, what's your gym called? Uh, so that's M16, fine fitness, it's yep. run by a really good friend of mine, Miles Simpson. Lovely. So awesome. we're down south, little plug there for Miles. Yeah. Um, and the team down there, got a great bunch of guys, they've got a great BJJ program, which I'm heavily involved in, I love yep. training down there and that, but obviously got some superstars in the MMA scene and kickboxing and the rest of it, hence why I know Jed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've figured out. <laughs> um, so from that, um, in that April, it was the Thursday, it was the Easter Thursday leading up to a Good Friday uh, one of our younger members of the gym took his life. Um, and then that was just, um, yeah, really heavy to take, especially for Miles. Um, he and I live within walking distance of each other. Yeah. And I asked him to come around, so he found out Friday morning. So being Good Friday, I just said, bro, come around and um, yep. let's let's have, let's have break some bread and have a beer and yep. just chill. Be and there for be, each other. Yeah, be yeah. there for each other and be in each other's presence and... That's what we did, and we just talked, and you know, just felt that emotion at yep. that time, as you do. You need to process. So, with all that going on, that that spark sort of started firing up. You know that you start getting that fire in your belly. Sure. Um, and at that point, it was like my head, something needed to be done. Um, not not on a bigger scale, on a big scale, but what my idea was is looking at my mate, who's breaking down. We've just had two people close to us take their life, one take their life, another one not so much. And then, you know, feeling that pain and that loss is like, what can we do? Or in me, it was like, what can I do? I don't want to see this guy, my mate, sitting in front of me, lose another person going through COVID because yeah. I think to me that will be his breaking point. Yep. And somebody else's breaking point becomes his breaking point becomes my breaking point. So in a way, how do I intervene here? The domino effect is so real. <laughs> it is, well. bro. It is um, so real. And, you know, we've talked on this podcast, I don't know about how many times about, you know, our concern about how there was never any, there was never really any discussion apart from probably people like us who were aware of it or trying to do it about ju the real implications of what lockdown and all of those kinds of things were going to do to people. Yeah. And that um, flow on effect of that. Has that just died? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wonderful. Fantastic. That's right. Fantastic. Well, the audio's still audio going, still so we're so. uh, we'll just so it's not going to be video anymore. No, <laughs> just, the computer's just Blue completely Bruce screened. Bruce screened. Bruce Lee of death. Bruce Lee of death. Yeah, it might come back. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it probably just saw my face. and I've had enough of this guy. Us both next to each other is a dangerous game. There's some serious heads in general. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. So you know that 
I think it wasn't talked about enough. And what you said there is the perfect thing is that, you know, you've got to start thinking about that. How do you, how do you, where do you stop that from continuing to cascade? Yeah. So that's where that intervention for me came in. And look, I'm a big believer. Um, and this is probably my hippie sort of <laughs> my inner hippie spiritual side coming out. But I'm a big believer that when we've got problems and issues on our mind, even when we sleep, our subconscious is sorting that out. Um, throughout your sleep, whether you're open to it or not, but there's there's stuff happening in you, and you know you wake up some mornings and you just go, oh, oh yeah, that's the answer to that. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of these sort of situations that happened to me for that Easter Sunday, and was obviously consuming me, consuming my thoughts. I'm sort of moping around the house a little bit, and literally Sunday morning I've woken up and I'm just gone. I know what I've got to do. I need to get these blokes involved. I'm going to yeah. set up a social platform and I'm just going to make it enough for the gym community and I'll just pump it out through 40, 50 blokes and just say, look, this is what I'm going to do and this is through that period we're all isolated, we're at home, we're not training, we might be going a bit stir-crazy. So if we want to keep in touch and communicate rather than going through, you know, like a, a virtual VR app or something like that, yep. which some of them were good and some of them weren't, yeah, and, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. Let's keep communication up through, well, I launched it on Instagram. Yeah. So I woke up, I rang this guy. I reckon I rang him first. Um, and literally because, not not so much because of his background, but because we are mates and I just knew that he'd be like, yeah, fuck it, bro, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we've trained together before. Um, there was a couple of other guys involved and then I was like, you know what? Um, and randomly I went, what about Brett? So Brett's the our beautiful long-haired the, guy who's yeah, right here with he's us. He's our sexual, <laughs> sexual yeah. appeal. He's, yeah. he's the one that pretties up this. Yeah, yeah um, nice. And he's he's re- he's very similar to me in the sense that he's got a strong passion for it, uh, a lot of lived experience, and one of those blokes people just open up to. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, and he, he's also a member at the gym. Yeah. So there's a common theme here. All guys that have got lived experience or invested in this type of space for whatever reason, and was a member of the gym. So I learned that, yep, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. So cool, I've got three blokes now. I had, I wanted five, so it was going to be myself, Simo, Brett, um, Miles. I wanted Miles to be part of it because being the gym owner. Yep. Another one of our mates, Steve Beam. Now, Miles was just broken at the time. Yeah, he goes, okay. mate, I've got too much on. Like, yeah. You're going on here. Maybe down the track. Cool. Sweet bro. And our other mate, Steve, he was studying and has become since he's a, he was studying medicine. So he had a lot going on with his studies and he was going to be doing an internship and be out of the state and this type of stuff. So fair enough, bro. You've got a life to yeah, live. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. again, the invitation was there, uh, uh, always there if you want to come back yeah. in at whatever stage. Yeah, that still would have been like a cool <laughs> angle. Like if he does any research on the antidepressants or whatever, that could have been a cool angle. Yeah, well, it still it, could be. He, his whole thing was that he actually started psychology as well and went into medicine through the back door, so to speak. Um, because he'd done a lot of volunteer work for Lifeline and he, his whole passion was mental health anyway. Yeah. Um, but he just saw an, uh, an opening to get into medicine and thought, hey, I'll give that a crack, and he got in. Yeah, um, but I think still, and not not quoting him but and not speaking for him, but he has alluded that once he has finished medicine that he does want to drive his career towards the mental health aspect. Cool. Whether, where, and where that, where that takes him, I guess. So, yeah. So then, yeah, so it ended up being us three, didn't it? Yep. And then 
about a week later, I, I literally, and whether I can say this on um, podcast or not, but I literally say, just, mate, just Googled our logo and just went, that will do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then just put it in a, put it, just literally screenshot and then put some words at the next step. Okay, that looks kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's gone up as our image. Fuck yeah. I found a couple of things. I said to these boys, write a bio, bio you know, write a bio each. Yeah. Let's do a bio for the page. I'm just going to launch it. And then... Simo and I are very similar in our way of thinking. We're like, yeah, fuck it. We'll deal with the details later. Like, bang, let's yeah. get on with it. Brady, not so much. Brady likes to think things through and, oh, you sure? Maybe we should wait a little bit. And like, nah, Brett, we're doing it. <laughs> so bang. Yeah. And within a week, I, I launched the page and we just started sharing it to our mates. Yeah, cool. And then um, it was very interesting and very humbling to watch it grow. Like, within a week, this many followers and then within a month, this many followers. And then it just... It went from just inviting our gym community to then, like, people outside of our circle starting to connect yeah. and bring it in and, like, what are you fucking boys doing? Like, yeah. Oh, this, oh, and that must be the really best cool. feeling. Cause it, like, like you were saying earlier on, like, before we went on air, like, you were saying how, like, the impact that it makes for yourself, you know, like, you're going, fuck, it's actually reaching outside of the, the circle of, like, the gym now, you know? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's really cool. It was really unexpected too, but... I think there's two things happened here. Well, number one, our first thing that we always wanted to say is our, our group of friends is quite tight-knit, especially in the fight scene. If you've been smashing a bloke in the head for fucking an hour at training three, five nights a week, you get pretty close to them. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Because yeah, if yeah, someone's yeah. punching you yeah. and you're punching them back and you're not getting angry at each other, you're going to become pretty good friends after yep. some time. So yeah, yeah, you sure. become this sort of... You know, it's a family amongst a family, so to speak. So you form some really good friendships and bonds with those guys and, and that extends out into your personal life as well. You know, yeah. you, you go out for dinners, you start having beers, you know, or you kick off down the beach or whatever it is you guys are into. You, yeah. you start formulating that that then friendship group yeah. outside the gym. Um, so in a way, the page was us going, you know what, during COVID... Not everyone's going to have that support, so let's open up what we've got to other people and those other people who don't have what we have can join us. Like, So we're literally standing there with open arms going, if you need someone to lean on, come lean on us because yeah, we're, in, we're in this together and yeah. we don't try not trying to use the fucking... It, well, it wasn't that we're all in this yeah, together. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what it was about. It was an extension of our social group right. in a lot yeah. of ways and like that's something that we've reflected on heavily i think um between us is that how lucky we are you know we both come from the south of adelaide yeah. it's a very tight-knit community and yeah. we both just went geez how blessed were we growing up that we had friends there that got around us and supported us let's just keep this moving and out yeah, and just push knows. this outward and it it's that simple really because social support mate that's it's, that's and that's not even that common some, in, in some like some uh, countries or even in Adelaide, yeah. you don't like you don't necessarily always have these these tight knit uh, social circles for a lot of people, and I think that's like that's a that's a, that's a massive problem that like we need we need to address really. Yeah, well, like, loneliness is yeah. uh, yeah. the next big thing. And so. I think that's what I was sort of going to segue into. So that was the second point I was going to make. I guess the fact that and look, I know compared to say an influencers page that might have tens of thousands of followers, you know, I think we're we're starting to breach, getting towards that 1,000K mark. You know, yep. I'm thinking, to me, as a bloke who's got, like, maybe 500, uh, 500 followers yeah. on my... And probably 500 followers. I've got my savings. You're rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, um, 
to start creeping up to a thousand followers is for me is like that's it. Yeah, it's a mad milestone. Crazy, but what it also tells me is that there's a need for it in the community. People are Mm. people are wanting to associate with this and get more knowledge and literacy and I guess kind of understand. You know, um, is what I'm feeling normal? These blokes seem to be normalising it and. I can fucking relate to that. So, yeah, this is normal. And that's what the whole page was sort of started to develop into, I guess. Is yeah. Then then we started going down that mental health road. Um, I mean, it was always there for the mental health, but we sort of went, right, let's focus on a clear message here. Yeah, exactly And make right, sure yeah. we're doing the right thing by our community because now we're sort of extending past our circle of friends. Yeah, yeah. so let's you want it to sure. really carry that message that you that you want to refine in on, I guess. Like you want it to, instead of just making it more so about like the gym or whatever it was, you were like, all right, let's broaden it up and really like go, all right, this is going to be about mental health for everybody, not just our... 100%. Yeah. But I think, I think the big thing that we talk about all the time as well is if you look at the first kind of like mainstream conversation about mental health, it was very like... Sell, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was very like, felt f- a little bit forced. It was kind of like um, commercialized. It was very like that corporate kind of structure. Like, you know, here's all the things. And I think what is really good and where we get feedback and you guys will and, and this f- this podcast already will get awesome feedback is because what it is is people that you can actually relate to having the conversation. 100%. You know, so when you've got someone like, you know, talking down to you about you need to do this to help your mental health, it just doesn't resonate with people. Yeah. But when you've got people that have lived experience and people that, you know, the conversation that they're having just sounds like a conversation that you could have with your friend. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, well, if they're able to do this and they've got their own stories and they've come from all these different walks of life, then it can't be that fucking difficult. I mean, I think that's that's the most amazing thing for us is that, you know, when we think about, you know, me and him will just talk about whatever's going on in our life. And then we just try and translate that same level of conversation, that same kind of conversation onto what we have here with you guys. Yeah. Because that's what's missing, you know. I said this on a couple of episodes ago and it just keeps coming into my mind every time is that um, I caught up with a mate recently and he, we were driving into the city and he was telling me about how he'd gone through a really bad breakup and he hit a low point, you know, started hitting substances again and, and doing things. And he, one of his mates reached out to him and he, they went to the pub and they sat there at the pub for like five hours. And he's like, I had a great time, took my mind off everything, but I did not for one second talk about the breakup or mention it. And he's like, so as soon as I got home, straight back to rock bottom again. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, it was great to have that escape. And I think that's a problem that we don't, talk about or address enough is that it's all well and good to go and catch up with your mate and like you said just be in each other's presence which does help but if you're not actually having the conversation about the things that are bothering you or getting to you then they're just going to resurface the minute they get home or maybe three days later or a week later because you have to actually address those things and i think that's the big hurdle that where we want to try and help people overcome yeah. is make the conversation at the pub about the footy just as free-flowing as how work's literally killing you or you and your missus are completely on the rocks and you have no idea how you're going to get it back, whatever it may be, Yeah, as easy as it is to talk about how bad the Crows doing this year. Yeah, look, I think that's the message behind, and this is what really we, we kind of did try and put some structure behind the next step after sort of just deciding that we were going to start it, was that there's, there's a bit of a flow of... We want to get content out there and, and let people know, increase their literacy around mental health and suicide prevention, but then reduce stigma. So making 
you know, encouraging people to feel comfortable about having those types of conversations. Mm. Um, particularly, we are still quite male-centric um, because we see that there's a big problem um, or there's potential issues within sort of cohorts of men not communicating effectively with people, yeah, with each other, accessing services. But, you know, it does go across the board. It's, it's encouraging these conversations between blokes. Like, you know, we're very blessed in that me and Richie will quite happily ring each other and be like, you know, I'm having a really rough time at work. But that's not, some for some people, a normal experience. And so exactly that was, right, yeah. Yeah. that was part of the message as well. And then finally it's... <clears throat> sort of this this point of cold that if you need somebody to reach out to to help you move from you know identifying things aren't great in my life what can I do from here yep. that's where we want to facilitate and encourage people so you can contact us and then we will like be like you need to potentially go and get a mental health care plan here's a psychologist that you can go and see or we recommend let's get this process um, start and it's literally the next step yeah Let's that's right the next yeah step okay so it's, so it's more so it's also a page where people can it's not just your list saying you know your views but people can actually reach out to your page yeah as well. and, 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 cool. and communicate with us you know we know that um, and look a lot of my research is based around this area in that you know often <laughs> and this is a real generalization of of, of male experiences of, of distress and mental health but we often will sit on things and, and not communicate until it becomes a crisis point yeah and then you're like well where do I reach out to you know it can happen at seven o'clock at night and you're like well you know what do I do and that ability to be able to message somebody and get some contact get some advice and, and potentially mitigate and that get trajectory sound advice though too, <coughs> you know? yeah because I think so because I think sometimes you know if you've got a friend circle or mates that aren't familiar or have that knowledge and literacy yeah. um, that Simo's talking about and you have a mate open up to you. Like, I know I would have pre, you know, having my mental health difficulties, but like, fuck, bro, I don't know what to do. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's just a daunting like, experience. So I guess the knowledge that we have now and the reason why the page is there so you can reach out and DM is to hit up some guys in that time and they like, look, I don't want to talk to Timmy because Timmy's going to just go fucking harden up, bro. Mm. And yeah. I've heard these guys do this, so... Hang on, maybe I'll just touch base with them and see see what there is or what is the next step. Yeah, it's yeah. And a lot of that is just encouraging people because there are services out there, and I mm. think it's sometimes it's it's really it's frustrating. But you know, I'm a psychologist and I sit in the space, and yeah. and and sometimes you're like. Well, there are things that you can do, and and people people don't know about them, and so sometimes it's just promoting that information or a, or a service like a service that is a like a uh, an organization right which obviously you guys in a way are an organization but like for me looking at what you guys are doing if it, if it was me trying to reach out i would probably feel personally more comfortable using you as a starting point right yeah, so i think that that's where you guys can you know nestle in that like we're able to just have that that really open and free flowing. It's not going to seem clinical. No, <laughs> it's gonna. You know what I mean. It may be in a way, but it's going to seem like really like that. And and exactly what you said. It's not because circling back to the whole pub conversation thing. You know, I've I've witnessed it myself. That whole mate tries to say something about, <laughs> oh mate, this is whatever, and gets told, oh we're not here to fucking talk about your problems, mate. Shut up and drink your beer. Yeah, yeah. And everyone has a big laugh about it, and then that just gets internalized and, and possibly never spoken about before, as you said, it hits crisis point. Um, but yeah, I think like you guys will sit there perfectly, 
But I'm guessing that's what you're trying to do as someone that's like, and it is very easy as well to send a message on your, you're already on your Insta. You're already on your Facebook, whatever it is. So sending that message like, guys, this may sound stupid, all the classic things that you're going to hear in that first message like, but this is what I'm feeling. Yeah. And just getting a, a nice, easy going answer and, and assistance back makes it feel so much more accessible than ringing that that helpline or whatever. Yeah. You know, that might be the thing that you guys end up suggesting, saying, hey, look, we think you should also go and do this or, you know, uh, go and start the mental health plan and then circle back to us and then here's some other things you can do. But it, it seems like I think what you guys are doing is is a great little entry-level thing just to, to take that next step. We're going to do yeah. that that hey, many fucking that's times. That's literally yeah. what the name was based around. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool, And we man. stripped yeah. it back to that because, look, I... In my position and through my life experience, I've got lived experience of mental health and, and um, suicidal ideation and I've attempted to take my own life before and, yeah. you know, there's all those sorts of... That's one aspect, but then I also sit in a different aspect of as a researcher and a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I see... We, we see the gap that's being trying... It's trying to be bridged at the moment, but yeah. it's a very difficult one. Um, and so that's that, that was really where we targeted because we're like, hang on, there's a middle ground here that needs to happen. Happen. Mm. It is an extensive process sometimes to saying, putting your hand up and saying, shit, I'm not traveling too well to actually being able to get professional help. So, yeah, yeah. where's that middle ground? Yeah, exactly and right. So so placing yourself in that middle ground is actually probably really like a really good thing to yeah, do. Yeah, right? and look, and that's where I see the best and best support can come from. You know, we're a touch point. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bloody, you know, be your psychologist theoretically. Yeah, but I can identify with you, potentially give you a couple of tips and tricks to get through this next point until you get to see that mental health professional, yeah. and then. Mate, your journey's and then you're yeah. on the way. And I think a lot of people have that perception of us. They, they go, oh, man, like, like you said, they can reach out. You can almost feel us, touch us, you know, and we have that conversation. We're not just there for your ring up on a phone and who knows who you're going to get, you know. And yeah. Be pouring out, you know, just hang on, can you hold the line a minute? We've just got another 20. Like you've got a face to it almost. Like, you've got a face to yeah. it. I'll fucking ring you if you know, yeah, you let yeah. Me yeah. you're struggling. Literally I'll will. literally get on the phone and be like, hey, bro, how you going? Do you want to have a chat? Yeah, let's talk yeah. about this shit. Um, you know, and that's that's and Richie's the same, it's that raw touch that you like, yeah. and you know, it can, I think. That's the beauty of lived experience, and and that's something that we really try and drive through the page. Is that yeah, we're not. I'm not putting my psychology hat on per se. It's always going to inform me, but you know, we've we're, we're coming at this from our raw experiences as yeah. well, which well, I think's the best way to do things. Often, particularly oh, yeah. at that first, because if you've point. lived it, then well, that's <laughs> the best experience you can get, really. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's exactly what I was just about to say. In terms of connecting with someone, you're going to connect to them more through lived experience than psychology right because it's your yeah. you're able to talk through them because you've felt what they have and understand what they've they're feeling so you're connecting with them on that level and then using the tools of psychology to make sure that you're not giving them the wrong yeah. advice or whatever yeah. as well on yeah. top of that right well i mean that's something i mean with conversations i'll have behind the scenes so generally for for me my experience behind the scenes of the page it will generally start off with someone and it's amazing too like the I just want to chuck this part in, but the age demographic is so is so vast. You know, like yeah. we talk about these um, different age groups um, from a statistical standpoint, but you know the people that we have DMing, DMing us from the back, you know, from the from behind the scenes of the pages, anywhere from like sixteen at the moment up to you know almost edging on early fifties. You know, yeah. And what amazes me us is 
<clears throat> that first connection from like uh, someone in their forties, you know, and you think, wow, you know, like I'm so glad you're reaching out out to us first. But how did you not know that there's uh, there's organisations out there like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, um, there's all these other support um, pages you, you could you could go to right now, and it's like it's not in the forefront of someone's mind. Yeah, and then they've heard about us through a friend of a friend and thought, oh look, I was just talking to someone. They said you boys are doing this and. What you know? Am I normal? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, bro, you are normal. <laughs> you yeah, are, yeah, and yeah. thank you for reaching out to us. And that's probably our biggest message first. We always thank you for reaching out because that is the hardest part for most folks. You know, to, to actually admit, hey, there's something not right with me here, and I need to, I need to look into this. I need to drill into this a little bit deeper, and then, okay, how do I do that? And I was speaking to old mate at the pub, and he mentioned you boys. So that's why I'm reaching out. What do we do now? Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys also, sorry to be to cut right. you off there. Um, you guys have also kind of got almost like a stigmaless way of doing it as well, right? So, because it's just a social media page and whatever else, then so when people are reaching out, because sometimes people don't want to admit that they are needing to call Beyond Blue or something, right? That feels like too much because then they're admitting that they need help. Whereas if they're messaging you and saying, Am I normal or is this whatever, then they haven't had to. Jump off the cliff, so to speak, right? They've just been able to like kind of dip a yeah, toe in of that conversation, yeah. which is still and it starts a, that process. It's a perfect, right? perfect way of explaining it, but that's a great analogy. It's and a gentle rip. It's a gentle move forward, you know, yeah, and and yeah. like which is better than zero. It's fucking progress. so much better. And, and I hate to say it, but it's the next step. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I, I think sometimes as well, and we'll see it within the page, and we do sort of assess the situation and, and sometimes Richie will go, hey, Simo, can you please take this one over? You've got a little bit more experience or I'll be like, Richie, I think you're fine with that. And it's a lot of the time it's just people sort of voicing their concerns, trying to sort of position themselves and then you sort of just go, look, you're actually, you know, not dissimilar to a lot of what a lot of people are experiencing. And once they start to understand that, you know, they're actually already off to the races and they're good yeah, to yeah. go, you yeah. know. It's and on the critical ones, <laughs> like, and obviously it comes through in forms of conversation and there's invitations, we call them, in, in messaging. So when someone's really struggling, they'll construct sentences, I guess, in a way, or they'll write sentences where you go that are alarm bells for us because yep. of, A, some training, and secondly, because of our lived experience, and you go, hang on, this is not a text. This is not a text communication anymore. This needs to be addressed one-on-one. Yeah. One on one. So at that point, we will literally, I know I do, I will just like, hey, bro, look, just out of some of the things we're talking about, would you mind if I just gave you a buzz? Do you, do you want to do a video call or would you rather take my number and you can call me? Um, and it's interesting. Most will go, yeah, let's have a video call then. Cool. And yeah. one, one bloke in particular, I was up with him for the next two hours, but that consisted of actually making what we call a suicide safe plan to get him all right through to the morning. Yeah, okay. you know, So that's how critical it can be wow. at times. So that's why we take yeah. these messages quite seriously and we're looking for certain things in those conversations. And thankfully we got that, that gentleman through the night and um, mm. part of our plan was that he would, once he got through the night, he'd call me in the morning to tell me that he was okay because yep. obviously we can... We need to get a support group around and blah, blah. I won't go into what we do but in that regard but... Once I knew he was safe and that he was at no risk of harming himself, then, all right, this is where other people now take over, your support takes over, and all I need you to do is all, a little bit for my own self, but so that I know that 
<coughs> I've done the right thing, but so I know he's safe as well and he's got through the night. Yeah. And I don't need to action anything else because if I haven't heard from him, then, then it's, now yeah. it's time to try and make that connection again. And if I can't, maybe we need to look at bringing an emergency. Yeah, because it would be hard not to. It would be hard not to to go. Hold a minute, I'm not hearing from him. Yeah, and and like expect the worst. Yeah, be really yeah. hard. Yeah. I don't sleep very well sometimes. No, those types of conversations you do always. Absolutely, yeah. You don't. So it's um. <coughs> I don't know how I digressed. I, I like doing this. Sorry, boys. You might have that's to. That's all right. So I've digressed massively there, but that just sort of gives you a bit of a dynamic of you know we can go from literally just giving you a bit of information to having to get you safe through the night and it has been done and and we talked about this, you know, it's those pivotal little points when things like that happen behind the scenes, you go, I'm so glad we're doing this page because it is making a difference and that one person knowing that he's safe now, we've saved a life potentially, then it's it's paid off in full to me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's um, let's dive in a little bit more about you two personally then we'll circle back and and I guess have have a talk about the stuff that we all want to achieve, I guess, moving forward and, and and look at it from that angle. So obviously you mentioned before, Simo, you actually have a background in this. You have finished a, a graduate in psychology, is that correct? Yeah, so I'm a registered psychologist. I, yep. um, I've got my master's in psychology oh, and I'm currently well. doing um, a PhD looking at suicide um, in men, primarily yep. in yep. the construction industry. So yeah, that's my background in the area. I um, But also sort of come from a the reason why I went into psychology was obviously based on my own experiences of mental health um and suicide growing up um I think it's always it's always been a part of my life unfortunately um you know I've lost the last count 10 people in my life close close friends and family um to suicide and so it's just seems to be a fairly you know constant and so way too constant yeah but I've always been really interested in in what drives somebody to get to that point and then yeah. sort of experiencing my own sort of mental health struggles and then struggles with suicidal ideation um, and what drove that sort of made me want to dig a little bit deeper. And, and yeah, I worked as a construction worker for bloody eight years and, and did everything sort of under the sun, every shit job that there was and sort of saw um, how men within those types of areas and industries that potentially um, really embrace traditional masculine sort of styles. Oh yeah, of you would definitely expect that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and 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 how that influenced their communications and how much some of those guys struggled, and then that just really drove me to go, well, look, maybe a person that's you know not a traditional person that you know would you would expect to study psychology how about i get into it and see what happens and so yeah left my job and yeah fuck somehow found myself here it's gone, yeah. talking on a podcast gone from there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so and that and that's primarily what i do so i sit in a research space four yep. days a week looking at, at, at why there's a high level of suicide and then i spend a day a week um at a male specific psychology practice yep. called the bolton brothers in okay. Town, and so yeah, just really sit in that men's health space and, and that's, it's all about suicide yeah, that, prevention. That's good, man. I actually, I actually didn't want to get into, because you were saying you were focusing on men's mental health. Yep. Now, something that I've wanted to bring up on the podcast for a while now, but we haven't had the opportunity to really go deep into this specifically, but um, the men's mental health area of uh, fatherhood and the whole court system and how it seems to favour the females and, and whatnot, I just wanted to get your opinion 
about that and how common is it that you find that um, that fathers in those situations are coming to you with the problems or their problems? Yeah, look, it's a really, really challenging area because obviously, you know, you can't, we're not, as a psychologist, not here to change the court system. That's for, you know, government and social movements and things like that. But it is a really common um theme within mental health or suicide crisis for guys relationship breakdowns family core issues um all those sorts of things and so yeah it is a common theme um and something that a lot of guys really struggle to deal with and so yeah you can see patterns within that look it's not the only thing there's a lot of other determinants of mental health or suicide risk but yeah that's it is something that look i think they're starting to take take awareness of it. I mean, even the domestic violence movement that you see, which is primarily towards, you know, domestic violence is primarily men towards women. Yeah. But they're also starting to see that potentially, hang on, we need to do something about this so that it doesn't get to that point. And is the court system part of that? Is access to children part of these, these sorts of drivers? And so... Look, I guess because it's very case specific as well. It is, yeah. and you it's know? super complicated. Look, yeah. probably the most interesting thing about my research is, you know, how interrelated so many different things are. You know, and, and it's multifactorial, yeah. and that's literally my favorite word. At you know, trying to tease apart and disentangle. Yeah, what's leading to these sort of outcomes um, is is really difficult to do. But and I think if you could right. answer that, like if you could break it down I'm in one specific thing, we'd all be making yeah. bucket loads of cash. Yeah. But that's why no one will ever put their finger on that one thing. And forgive me if I'm speaking out of term here, no, but we can do all the research and we can do all the all the you know awareness we can, but. Unless we're t- focusing on such a vast range amount of topics and we're nailing every one of them, we're not going to get yeah. all yeah. the way there. If you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's because so. mental health is so nuanced anyway. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you might have so, like two fathers that are both going through a court case, but their 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 state of mind can be so different. So, mm. I think that's. I mean, but you know, on the flip side of that, look, research. And I can speak from experience. His research is really trying to get that fine-grained look at things. Yep. Um, look, until recently, there was a real big push against the gendered approach to understanding mental health or suicide, but it's starting to be accepted. And and you know, look, that goes for LGBTQI communities as well. We're yep. starting to look at those as a cohort and a population, which for me is exciting because. Um, you know, my experience is potentially different to Richie's. Richie's experience of mental health is probably different to mine, but we do some in some ways sit under a similar banner. Yeah, you of know, course, we're both yeah. blokes, you know, they're there and so if we can do whatever we can to create a deeper understanding of what's driving mental health outcomes, what's driving suicide within these people, we're going to save lives. Yeah, because if you can stop it at that earlier point, I guess, or like help it at that earlier point, instead of it getting to a point where you need to get to the fine grain, like you were saying, then that's where you're probably going to make the biggest impact. And it's literally coming at both angles. So you're seeing, you know, social change and social policy change. And so like, you know, there's massive drivers of suicide, you know, socioeconomic status, you know, childhood trauma, all those sorts of things. And so can we try and address those from a a change in government level, you know, more equality, all those sorts of things. But then when it gets to this crisis point as well, you know, how do I, you know, how do we look at this nuance? And if we can come from both angles, that's when we're going to start really saving lives. Yeah, Um, for sure. And look, it's an exciting period in suicide and mental health. It's starting to 
create awareness. I mean, fuck, I'm Definitely. sitting here having a conversation at yeah. 8 o'clock at night with three other blokes. You know, it's changing. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting to be a part of. I'd like it to fucking change faster. So, you of know, course. when, you know, we're still seeing fucking massive issues. But it is, just, but to, just to drill down on what you said for a second, if someone said to me, even let's say 18 months ago, right, that in 18 months' time you'll be – because we would, we had maybe whispered about a podcast at that point yeah. in time. Yeah. And I've always – like you guys said, the thing for me what has – why we've wanted to focus this – focus on this in our podcast is just because it's been something that I've been passionate about. Talking to you guys before we went on air about that friend that, you know, I've just always been that kind of person that's just wanted to try and help. I've always understood things for some reason. My dad had a really, really bad childhood and, and you know, I, I took a lot – a value out of his experience and his ability to just keep marching forward. So I've just had such an awareness of these things. So for us, it was about um, just that passion. Then we wanted to translate it into these conversations. But even with that passion, if someone had said to me 18 months ago, in 18 months time, you'll be on your podcast having guys that are doing the awesome stuff that you guys have just told us about, you know, it would have, you just wouldn't have even thought it was possible. So as much as it's probably, you're right, it's can always be quicker, but the fact that we are doing this is just an absolute uh, testament to (laughs) this. It's super funny because I literally sat there, sorry to push it on you, Richie. I had a conversation with my mum the other day. So I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder when I was 14 and like, you know, back then it was like a foreign language, you know, Mm. my mum didn't know what it was, but now you know, I could go out and I do go out and have talks with, you know, construction workers, community groups, and I say OCD and I'll be like, does anyone know what that means? And everyone's like, that's compulsive disorder, you know? Yeah. And it's crazy to watch that, you know, we are starting to move forward and it's happening at a rapid rate, which is... It is happening a lot quicker than exciting. what it was five, even five, five years, years ago. Five years ago, mate. Like, it's just different six months ago. Yeah. And so it's, it's ha- starting to happen, which is which is super cool. For, and for me, I was... This guy shadows himself a little bit, so every now and then I like to pull him out of the shadows and put the light on him. But microphone, that fuck off, that wasn't me. <laughs> um, but so I'll pull him out, of, pull him out of the shadow for a bit. But the amount, of, the work that this guy does behind the scenes, and he's, it's, it's really nice to start seeing him getting some recognition. Not not here on the page, you know. This is this is shits and gills for us, believe it or not. Yeah. This is our. Our um our volunteered our passion our our free time our free time I put in very commas yeah yeah, and, yeah um it's a, and it is a real balance and it does cause tension every now and then believe me um in in your own personal life but of course yeah um <coughs> where this guy for me in the last let's say eighteen months has been and is now you know it's just amazing to watch him grow with a the confidence and him with his research and he's putting all this stuff together and yeah he's just owning this space right now and for me he's becoming a pivotal part in our in our community from from a standpoint some of the connections he's making and and all that type of thing I'm just fucking glad to have him on the page. Yeah, 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 like, in a way, I'm like, I forgot oh, to tell man. you, I was leaving Rich. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's cool. Too. And do you feel like he's given you uh, an, an outlet to apply? No, well, uh, I think this is the best thing about, like, look, I have a lot of conversations with people about there never being something that you can do that's um, that doesn't give something back. And mm. look, the next step for me is such it's it touches community. It gets very being in research and. And even as a clinician is very elitist sometimes and you yeah. feel slightly disconnected. Whereas yeah. this 
it's raw, it's real, and it's probably puts your feet back on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it makes it, it sits. You know, to sit within community where I think the changes are most effective is what's exciting for me, and it just yep. pulls you back down. Exactly right, pulls you back down to ground. You know, gets you I, dirty in the trenches. No, again, but gets it's, you on the cold it's so face. true. And and yeah. look, and having conversations with people, you know, it's very easy to be an elitist and and write your academic papers and and you know, fundamentally. It, it doesn't get read by community. No, that's right. Yeah, you talk about what oh, these are the things that could help. Yeah, but then this is you actually, you guys actually implementing it. something that helps. And look, yeah. me and Richie have great conversations because it's uh, Richie probably doesn't even realise that I'm doing it to him, but you know I'll be, you know, fostering ideas and getting them out of my own head onto Richie. <laughs> Poor old Richie's analysing him and then giving him back to me in a in a in a. In a dumbed down way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not in a dumb. In, in, a prag, in a pragmatic, <laughs> yeah, effective exactly. yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. And I go, shit, cheers, bro. I'll go get my doctorate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it works. So, and he has. I, I can think of a couple of critical points where we've had those conversations, and I'm like, yeah, that's heaps like blah blah blah. And he's like. Oh, that's shit, fucking that's, perfect. Yeah. God, I love talking to you. Thanks, bro. I've got to go. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Shit, that ended quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll call back like a week later and he goes, oh, bro, thanks for that conversation the other week because that helped me nail something. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's and fundamentally that was always my passion. I, I think very similar to the way the next Richie cr- created the next step is the reason why I went from a very well-paying job to being a student again was because I went, if I can save one life. Yeah. That's, you know, everything's been worthwhile. It's more than yeah. the money, isn't it? Like, it is. You know, look, don't, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I like getting paid. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't but, worry, yeah. you know, the fact is that you go, you can walk away and sometimes sit and go, shit, that person's alive because of my intervention or me having that communication. And so I think that's that's what's so cool about the next step and, and talking, going out to communities and doing these things. That's the only thing that yeah, – it's what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, that's killer, man. And to a degree oh, – um, speaking on behalf of you but I know I'm, I feel it but it's almost a little bit therapeutic for us as well yeah, um, yeah because, of, because of our own lived experiences and you know the next step helps us process some of those things and a lot of the posts that we'll do um, what it, which I'll do but the boys will jump on it so a lot of the, the, the scripted text writing is just literally me in my shed out the back by myself maybe doing a bit of workout or something or I'm just disconnected from the family just because I need half an hour just to unpack my day. Yeah. And that is what's just in my head at that time. So yep. that's raw. That's that feeling. It's like that's not me like reading or getting inspiration off of somebody else's post or looking at Beyond Blue or Lifeline going, what are they fucking doing this week? Mm. Yeah. That, that shit is literally me. Organic. It's yep. organic. Mm. It's real. It's like me sitting out in the shed going, oh, fuck, I've had a bad day or maybe I should reach out to someone. And I'm like... Shit, maybe you should tell our followers that we're still here and they can reach out to us if they need. Yeah, so, if, yeah, so you're almost applying it. Flipper, yeah, 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 yeah. If you see what I mean. So yeah. a lot of those posts, are, apart from the video videography sort of those video posts that we do, you know, we're obviously trying to get a direct message out. But, yeah, it's more about what's on our mind. You know, suicide rates are on my mind. Oh, let me do a post about suicide rates. Um, uh, reaching out's on my mind. We'll just do a post on reaching out. Fuck, I wish I checked in with that bloke today. I'll oh, just do a check-in post, you know? Yeah. So that's that's where it's driven for me, you know? Yeah, and that's that. where that therapeuticness comes from um, and I guess drives the passion for it as well. So, well, and, yeah. Sorry, you've said it yourself. How many times have you been having a bad week? 
and then we have a podcast and it just realigns you. Yeah, man. Like, and yeah. whether it's us doing, you know, because we we do everything from conspiracy to us just talking absolute shit for an hour. We try to keep it as interesting and then we have a heavy focus on the mental health stuff as well. But yeah, you know, I'll leave here quite often after, you know, it's, it, we do it on Wednesday night. It's that perfect sort of hump day thing. You know, you can have a shit start to your week and I come here and do a podcast and I go home just feeling better because you just had a chance to have a conversation. You know, yeah. so it's that, that whole thing. And it's, look, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. I'm a massive introvert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm exhausted. Yeah. Well, thanks, well, thanks for coming out today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so there's two things here. So the first thing is that um, my old man's a retired medico and we were having a conversation about a particular family member um, and <clears throat> I was saying, you know, some of their conversations come across a bit pessimistic. They're very negative, you yeah. know. Um, uh, it's more about health and their ailment and the first thing you ask is, hey, how are you? And then they just go, oh, yeah, yeah. and this and that. And you sit there and go, okay, okay, okay. And you kind of go, oh, really? It's not that bad. But the old man goes, yeah, but psychologically, and he's not a psychologist, he's coming from a medical standpoint. Yeah. He goes, we've got to understand, Rich, and we do understand it, but it's just in such layman's terms. And here's your message about reaching out and why reaching out is so important is that, by someone just opening up and expressing and just verbalising it, it's a form of therapy, oh, whether, yeah. you, whether you know it or not. It's actually releasing and letting out that vocabulary enough to go, oh, I feel better. Yeah, because you get that sympathy, like, almost not sympathy, but you get that reaction to the person going, oh, that sucks, your, your knee's sore or you're having a bad day or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. even if they're not necessarily, like, giving you tools or whatever, options to solve your problem, just telling it, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Helps. You, you could almost... And I don't recommend this, but you could almost get the same effect by standing in the mirror and verbally saying it to yourself. Yeah. It's just more interactive with someone, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But the same therapeutic effect is going to happen. If you're, if you're talking to somebody or an object or a dog or a cat or whatever your coping mechanism may be, by opening up and expressing and letting it out, that's therapeutic enough to go, I've let that off. Yeah. You've almost let it go. And it gives your brain a chance now to reprocess the next thing. Yeah, um, it, it's not going to solve like an underlying mental illness or difficulty. No, no I don't, don't take it wrong that. there. Yep. but it's part of that um, decommissioning, I guess, and just letting it out. You know? yeah. a, lot of, a lot of what I do in clinical practice is people actually often know where they want it, what they need to do, how to solve their own problems. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of it is just literally... Guiding them there. Yeah, just pointing them in a slightly different direction. They know where they're going. A lot of the time you can almost see the pennies dropping while they're speaking Hunts about it. it. Yeah. And look, I do it with Richie, I do it with my mum. Sometimes I'll be talking. I mean, the funniest one for me is as a psychologist, you think that your mental health <laughs> should be... Top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's not great <laughs> regularly, and you know, I remember ringing my mum, and I'm like, oh, you know, I think something's wrong. You know, like a, you know, I'm getting watery eyes, and and I'm, I'm getting heart palpitations, and my hands are shaking, and then I just went, I'm having a panic attack, and I was like, oh, cool, mum, I'll see you later. Like, and and it was literally just me verbalising what's going mm. on. I went. Oh, that's what I, I just what it is, yeah. And that's half the battle. It's yeah, just yeah. communicating, getting it out there and then being like, Oh fuck, that's what I need. And then to once do. you knew what it was, you start thinking about what was the trigger and then you go, Okay, that was the trigger. Okay, how am I gonna work through that? All right. And then you're using all the things that you know to your benefit, but it doesn't stop. And I think that's such an important um, you know, thing is is and Mark Ryan, who was on here recently, you know, we asked him like, you know, what are the things that you do 
and, and you know how do you feel now that you've got all these tools or whatever he's like you know every day is still just as much of a battle he's oh, like shit, you know it's, yeah. it, i think you mentioned it before we went on air and it was probably a perfect time um to bring it up now you know it's about trying to to keep yourself along that the small peaks and troughs as opposed to the massive highs and massive lows yeah. or sometimes no highs and massive lows, you know? Um, so, and I think that's such an important thing is that um, going back to something else you were saying as well um, about, you know, one of the biggest things that I've understood about mental health is that isolating feeling that it creates, right? And that a lot of people who start to get on top of it, whatever way they find that, camaraderie or that that solidarity with people that's the that's that next step we're gonna fucking do that no, that many times that's why we um, fucking named it right? yeah. it's so good because you know that's that's the thing that is probably the most daunting is when they get into that mind space of no one understands what it is that I'm going through mm. that this is just special to me which it is There's it's not saying that it's not but that they're but that that feeling twisted slightly differently is what nearly every other person, person. has experienced on some level mm-hmm. and that we should find comfort and solace in that and, yeah. and that's what should make us want to reach out because we do all experience it or have experienced it or, or know people who have and have lived through that with them whatever it is so it's trying to overcome that is so much of the battle because it is it's very isolating to feel like because and you know a lot of people get into that mindset of like you know, I'm dumb, I'm stupid for feeling this way as well. So not, so then that's even like another thing that you're having to deal with. So trying to bridge that gap of like, hold on a second, this is all perfectly normal and yeah. I can have that conversation with someone and it's all okay is, is a massive thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, well, Simo and I are looking at this going, who's jumping at the chance? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk from my lived experience on this one. Um, and it sort of goes back again to what we sort of talked in about that bit of that half an hour, and we'll get to that peaks and troughs part. In, yeah. In but let me just start back in you know, front front of house here for a bit. So my my mental health difficulties stemmed from trauma as a kid, right? So um, they lay dormant. So at three years old, believe it or not, my my first memory from a child is a traumatic experience, Yeah. right? And even to the point it's like my parents would be like, you can't remember that, you're only three years old. And when I explain it perfectly and I can visualise and explain colours and who's sitting where and what was happening and it was just, you know, at the age of 18 when I was at my deepest low of depression, my mum's jaw just hitting the ground going, what the fuck, like... How do you remember that? Yeah, because yeah. it happens um, early, man. It really does. So that trauma laid dormant in me for quite some time. Um, and when I say quite some time, um, you know, up until I was about 18, 19, all right? So I sat dormant for 15 years. But there was a trigger that brought that on. But the, the funny thing is the way that trauma shaped me as, a, as my, my character, my persona over those yeah. 15 years. Yeah, wow. Because of the things that were happening around me at that age, at such an influential age of... You know, when you're absorbing like a sponge, you know, here I am in the middle of a family tragedy at, you know, probably needing love and attention and needing all those things that a normal three, four-year-old needs and I've got every person around me grieving um, and almost probably being pushed to friends and aunties and that and stemming out of that became a real sense and need for attention. Yeah. So as I got... Grew older. That only manifested more. Manifested massively, bro, to the point that I almost knew it was not right, Mm. but it was the only way I could get a validated response and feel like I was being loved or nurtured or 
I had people's friendship, you know. Yeah. And I can think of, you know, classic times in especially my early teens where I was like, man, you're such a fucking dick. You yeah. know, you know, you just had to be the fucking class clown all the time yeah. or you had to fucking be the dickhead who did that at a party, you know. Um, but why was I doing it? Because it was learnt behaviour. It was learnt behaviour from such a young age. I was doing it without even knowing I was doing it. Yeah. And then it took... Um, the rejection and the breakup of a of the first love, the first girlfriend, that really fucking pulled that or brought it to my face. Yeah, and made you deal with it. Yeah, and made me deal with yeah. it exactly. Now, <clears throat> going through that, you don't just wake up one morning and bang, you're in it. But all those things slowly start to happen. You know, you start disconnecting from your your social or your your social friend, your friends group. Then slowly from family and then literally I pulled myself out of the family dynamic and I isolated and lived by myself. Side note, worst thing someone with depression can do. Yeah. You need all the love and support and people around you at that critical part of your life because in an, when you're already experiencing negative emotion and suicidal ideation and t- having attempts on your life with no support around you, well, oh, mate, you're going yeah. to be pretty successful. Right? Yeah. So... <laughs> Someone, so a big message here for me is that if you've got a friend experiencing depression or you can see them on that sliding scale, just get around them straight away and be persistent. Mm. They will introvert some of them, that some of them won't need help, all right? But some will break at some point and say, You got me, or there is something going on here, I need, I need help. Yeah, what, what am I doing? Um, so look, yeah, and through that, through that process, especially. From my lived experience in that depressive state, um, a key thing that I can really relate to and I can see it in people now is the, the those peaks and troughs. So the lows are the lowest of lows that can be to the point of suicide suicide ideation and not wanting to be here and I'm going to take my life and things like this to the point of like peaking, like yeah. being the happiest, most lights up the room but then, you know, depending on how severe the depression is an hour later, you wouldn't be known, but they'll be up here and then they're crying in a ball in the, in the yeah. corner of the room. Yeah. You know? yeah. So this is where that, that peaks and troughs. So trying to balance that out and turning those waves, those big waves into ripples that we were talking about and getting yeah, man. back onto that constant. That's such a powerful saying. Like when you were saying that earlier on today, I was just like, that's, I fucking love that, man. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. And one of the things that I've talked about with my partner all the time, and I think it's a huge part of understanding it as well, is that the life, I believe, has to have both right because oh, you yeah you don't have an appreciation i'm big on the whole like yin and yang thing right is that the the, the shit that i've gone through in my life um that's led me to the person that i am today is because of those things right yeah. and that i wouldn't have an appreciation for the good stuff that happens or, or the good feelings that i have when good stuff happens i really soak them in and enjoy them because i understand how you know fragile things can be and how important it is so it's like you know and you see it from, you know, the, the kids that grow up and have what they would deem as everything, but it, it, how often that doesn't pay off in the end when they haven't had to go through, endure any sort of actual struggle and everything's just handed to them and they're not getting any life lessons along the way, that normally manifests itself into something, you know, uh, bad for them when the reality of life kicks in at 22, 23 when they're out on their own, like all of those kinds of things. So yeah. I feel like understanding uh, the, the, way, the way that I try to translate that is that so when you are in that moment or when you're having those things happen to stop it from becoming a massive uh, you know trough is understanding that I'm going to bounce back from this and the ripple's going to you know what I mean it's I'm yeah. going to come back up here again yeah. and and to the other thing is like 
you can't ever control when that's going to happen or how it's going to happen. So, because a lot of the the you know the the trap that my partner gets caught in, and that I've seen a lot of people, you know, they're constantly trying to prevent that. They're, 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 so then that becomes that anxiety, right? So the anxiety is, well, I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. But it's like, and I, I say this stupidly all the time. I'm like, well, that possibility that you're worried about could happen. I'm like, but a dragon could also come down from the sky <laughs> and burn everything. I'm like, that one might be more far fetched. But I'm like, but that is on the realm of possible things that could occur. Yeah, and then here's the one that you've said. And yeah. then there's a million things in between that. Yeah. Are you honestly going to be able to cater for all of those? In this plan that you're trying to concoct in your brain at the moment, that I can see it, the cogs turning in your head and it's really bothering you and you're starting to have a panic attack or whatever it may be is because you're trying to think about all the possible things and how you're going to control them. You're fucking not. And, and the quicker you can come to terms with that in a good way and be like, you know what, I'm going to address that when it happens and I'm going to address it in a way that doesn't become a massive trough. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing, man. That's, mm. that's the, and it, it's freeing when you get to that point of being like, I'm just going to deal with that dip when it happens. You know, it, it's such a better way of approaching things. I feel and it's trying to get people along that journey as well and, and ready to handle it so that it doesn't become a massive um, a massive trough. Mm. I think as well, you kind of touched on two points there. And, and look, we got a really interesting... Like Western society has a concept of happiness and it's it's for, in a lot of parts it's false. We've got this perception that we need to be sitting at this you know we, we, it's the peak you know like mm. just everything's you know i'm happy i bounce out of bed in the morning you like know once i get there i'll be happy i'll be happy yeah, yeah you know and i'm i'm cracking along but it, that's such a westernized and it's it's, it's really it's a, an unhelpful and unhealthy concept is that you know f fuck me if you're running at that that becomes your status quo again so you know where's the next yeah exactly you know, right high. Yeah. and so you do need to but then when you're talking about that that fear of dropping into the trough it's it's being present and you know presenteeism and and acceptance and commitment therapy is based off this concept of you know happiness isn't the peak that we need to be sitting at is, is sitting within that moment and enjoying that yeah, space and, and being comfortable. Yeah. And, and look, you know, you, you, I always encourage people to do things like self-care and go to the gym, eat well, sleep more, you know, have sex, whatever it is that makes you feel good, do yeah. it to avoid going into the trough if you can. But, you know, it's, it's almost learning that ability to be like, I will come out of this and, you know, and it's okay to not be, fucking happy all the time yeah you know and just be comfortable with that like and i think in a roundabout way this is what we we're talking about before is it it's about addressing emotion as blokes you know being able to be a bit vulnerable and know that it's okay to feel emotion whether it is a happy or sad, sad yeah. we don't have to run on happy the, the whole time we don't have to run on a physical macho sort of yeah you don't have to say toughen up club. every fucking half an hour or like. even be that hyper masculine man yeah. where oh, i'm just gonna fucking do this all fucking day and i'm gonna yeah. stay on this fucking level yeah. and then i'm never gonna fucking i'm not gonna cry because i'm not a sissy boy you know yeah. and yeah. trying to run at a hundred thousand percent all the time so just backing it up a notch and just going you know what like simo said it's cool just to sit in the present here and feel how I'm feeling. And if I don't feel heaps good, well, that's fine. Yeah. It, is, it is okay not to feel good. We're human beings. We're supposed to feel that emotion. you know. But at some point, the brain's going to kick in and go, you know what, man? You've had enough of feeling shit. Let's get you back up. Give you some bit. perspective yeah. again. Boy, and and then that comes through doing things as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's that so... The Ripple thing is so good, and I'm going to fucking... We're going to talk about this all the fucking time. We're going to have to start a new thing called fucking Ripple. <laughs> the Ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, that... So 
when those things come along, that that you on the on the scale of zero to ten, that emotion gets you to a three or four every time, right? So when you're mad, you're mad at a three or four level. You know, tell the missus to piss off because she's being a dickhead. Walk into the other room, and then you guys are over it in twenty minutes. As opposed to you've just put four holes in your fucking house that your mum owns that you don't even fucking pay rent in, and now yeah. you know what I mean. Like those. So, and when you're sad, you know, you yeah yeah you know you might tear up and you might have a little bit of a cry and you ring your mate and you and you get upset, but you're not completely out of it. You know, yeah. unable to get out of bed for four days. So, so that you so people understand. Yeah, I'm allowed to have these emotions, but it's about how much I let it grab hold of me and completely dictate my life for the mm. next twenty four hours. hours four days, two weeks, six months, whatever it may be, right? Because, and I think that's such an important thing as well is that I, I think people get caught up into that idea of like, you know, having great mental health is being happy all the time. That's not fucking it no, at all. No. no, it's about being able to manage all of the things because people who have great mental health can have, uh, or, you know, a great understanding of it and a handle of it can still completely do a fucking 180 at any minute in time. Yeah. One of the biggest things we talk about, and I'd, you know, I encourage everybody out there, you can just Google it, have a look at the mental health continuum. The whole idea is that everybody has mental health and we often compart, you know, categorise people as having a mental health condition, therefore they have poor mental health. Yeah. I've got obsessive compulsive disorder. That doesn't mean that I don't have good mental health, you mm. know, and vice versa, someone can have depression or be, you know, and vice versa, someone doesn't have to have a clinical diagnosis, can really have really she mental health. So it's on a scale. It's like the armor that you build up and the techniques that you can, you she, can yeah. use. Yeah. And mm. look, and, th and that's so much of what we're trying to do now as clinicians, particularly towards men is give them skills and tips and tools. So that, you know, you're like, shit, I'm going, I'm sliding down into the trough a bit. You know, how do I pull myself back up out of this? Or yep. what can I do to mitigate the drop? You know, it's still okay to fucking fall asleep, you know, want to lie on the couch for four days if that's what you need. I mean, yep. I'm still, that's one of my most effective coping <laughs> strategies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yep. to switch yeah. my phone off and, and watch my favourite movies for a day because I'm burnt out, yeah. you know. But if in that time when you're laying there, it's not, suicidal ideation no, it's, it's at its worst it's, it's you laying there being like man i fucking need this that's mm, a whole, whole different, different so it is what you need as opposed to like to i can't physically do anything do this. else and um and it's is, finding that middle ground between the two is yeah. going i look yeah I, i'm justified in feeling this way and i you know i need this time i'll be coming back out of this soon and and, and getting there uh, yeah we, I, I see where you're going with that and for any listeners that are at that point where they are sitting on the couch and it's not about I need this, it's just that I cannot physically get off the couch because I've got suicide ideation. Yeah. Please reach out at that yep. point. You need to you need your support group around you. Yeah, absolutely. You need to let people know what you're going through. Yeah. And you do need to start looking at getting to the next step. Yeah. All right. So that might mean just starting those conversations with people and being vulnerable and open about your emotions and actually verbalizing how you're feeling. That's a big tick. And then secondly, we need to get you to the doc, all right? Yeah. So the doctor is going to be the person to get you on that referral to that mental health care plan. So just for anyone listening who's not sure but what that means, it means we go see a doc. We do, they, they will sort of <coughs> examine you to a degree in a verbal sense and they'll give you a score rating. But generally, you know, you start hitting some of those, um, uh, those sort of standard questions like, 
do you feel like this and have you done this and da 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 and are you having these thoughts and it's almost like a tick box score thing and yeah. okay that that's the the clinical part of it but from that they can give you the referral to the psychologist yep. or psychiatrist that you need at that time okay yeah. so once you're on your mental health care plan um, at the moment you get 10, 10 visits all right and now, now since COVID it is extended to another 10 okay, right? that's so really you good. can up, get up yeah, to 20 really visits subsidized visits yeah so <laughs> if you're that bloke on the couch or if you're that lady on the couch or whoever you are, whatever you identify with and you're experiencing that type of low and you're having those types of feelings or that you're in that mental state, you need you need to reach out. And yes. I think I think that's the biggest message for us too is like um, it's the process, it, it's people avoid it and I think there's some fear behind it, but it's actually like, you know, going to see a psychologist it's not as daunting as what, you know, everybody, you know, f- f- you, ca- you can't see me on camera, but like, yeah, I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty normal sort of bloke. Yeah, like I think yeah. there's this, this concept that, you know, that you're going to get this, I don't even know what people think, but it's sometimes I think they, this. Yeah, I guess like you've got the, the pleated lie down couch, couch and you lay there with someone. The Freudian in a concept. Of yeah. Shit, yeah. Like, glasses like the whole shrink thing. I'm going to dive yeah. in his subconscious and, and yeah. look. It, I think it's what TV and movies yeah, have done. Movies yeah. have I think they'll be like, oh, going to a shrink or going to see a quack or whatever. Yeah. Like they've made it such a taboo thing or that like you're a, you're a crazy person. Yeah, you're a, you're a loopy, you know, mental case kind yeah. of thing. If, yeah. You do that, that's where people are like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be what the TV has painted that person out to be. And, and that's, yeah, that's really got me thinking as well about a point. Because Richie talked a little bit about his own lived experience and how there was trauma that informed, uh, sort of manifested within him that potentially led to him experiencing mental health and suicidal ideation and things like that. On the flip side, I look at my own life and there's there was no trauma. There was no – it's just – it happens. Like I grew yeah. up fucking on the beach 10 acres. Well, I had can, horses surf. Yeah, it can be genetic. It can be an environmental thing that you – you know, it doesn't it, – it just happens sometimes. Yeah. And so it's – it's there's so much normality within it. And so I think some people are like you're saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm crazy and it's like – or, you know, I'm so different and it's like mm, – you are to a certain extent but you're also not, you know. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. I'm booked out most Friday. Days, to be honest with you, so you, you're not, you know, That's which is good. great for me, but it sort of there's there's not a lot of you're not the most unique individual in the world in that yeah. everybody's experiencing something particularly oh, course, at this yeah. time. Well, and just to normalise that one step further is, um, you know, even myself last year uh, with the lived experience side, you know, and you know, at times I felt like a bit of a hypocrite, you know, because in a way I feel like behind or at, at face value of the page, I feel like we've got to sort of come across as these well-put-together guys who are giving you sound advice and, yeah. you know, what we're saying. <laughs> you well-put-together. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so much gospel, but what we're trying to do is let you know what generically will work for most people. Yeah, and setting that example. For, yeah, and yeah. setting that example and given from research or lived experience. But just to touch, go back last year, you know, I, I was getting to the point that, I had a, a breakdown, right? Yeah. And to me, um, it came in such a different... And still, that is part of having a mental health difficulty. I literally had a mental health difficulty last year. Simo talked about that continuum. We all slide up and down good and poor mental health all day. Yeah, absolutely. But then what we talk about is by chucking in then a mental health difficulty into that, so depression, stress, anxiety, PTSD... Yeah. 
that's where your continuum is sliding up and down to max or to low, mm. even more excessively, okay? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so these days and through maturity, I like to think I'm a bit better well put together. So mentally, I didn't know what was going on. Like, because I'm doing this, I'm, as I'm pointing out my phone, I'm doing the mental health care page, I know what needs to be done, rah, rah, rah. I'm just getting on with stuff. And there was news about my mother, news about my father, things happening at work, things happening around me. Yeah. You know, there was just so much going on, but I'm just doing the typical bloke thing. Da, 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 I'll just keep going, keep going, yep. push through. That will sort itself out. There's not much I can do with that. Da, da, da. Till one morning, I woke up, I had breakfast, and I just went, oh. And I'm sort of, if the camera was on, I'm sort of pulling up. So I'm starting to convulse. Like, I'm starting to have a, like, my breakfast isn't going down. I'm like, yeah. Fucking hell, what have I eaten last night? Or what was, is milk off? What the, and I just ran to the bathroom and just threw up. And my body just starts convulsing. All came at you at once. All cat pro, yeah. I'm just convulsing. And I'm like, oh, that's not right. And then I just threw up again. And I just, my body went, so mentally I felt sound. But it was my, my body's way of saying, so it came out in a physical way, wow. is what I'm okay. saying. Instead of going, hey, you need to go lie down. It started shaking and I just could not control myself. I'm like literally sitting, calming, and I'm trying to use some of our techniques like, right, I'll sit and breathe and can't like try and invoke that vagus nerve. So I'm sitting on the couch and I'm trying to work through my, my breathing, controlled breathing and meditation, and my hands are shaking as if I'm like on a, an adrenaline spin, you know? Yeah. Fuck. Whoa. And then it took me a little while to click. So, right, what's going on, Rich? And, you know, internally diagnose myself and, right, I've got a lot going on right now. Might go see the doc. I've got to get a certificate anyway because I'm not going to rock up to work today. I might unpack some of this with the doc. And he's just looked at me and goes, bro, you need to have some fucking time off. Yeah. And and not that I'm condoning this, but and he goes, and I'm going to prescribe you some medication just to help you through the muscle reaction at the moment and what your body's doing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not one to do that I like to try and things have a bit more of a holistic so a bit more of a natural approach yeah. I let my body sort it out yeah. he's like well just take it and or as in take the script okay. and it's there if you need it yeah, at, yeah. The, at those worst yeah. times so that leads Thanks. in perfectly to actually something I wanted to bring up um, in terms of like these conditions you're talking about like PTSD right what's both of your opinions on the now research going into like psychedelics like psilocybin and MDMA oh, wow. and stuff like that <laughs> Yeah, um, what what, what do you guys think about that? Oh, look, oh, it's really, really, really interesting. Um, and it's look, I will say it's a it's a field that's developing. Yeah. Um, mm. Look, I remember being in undergraduate and the first, and so this is only a couple of years ago, the first trial of ketamine, um, low dose ketamine, is a, a um, like microdosing kind of thing. Yeah, for depression or yeah. long standing depression was was starting to get rolled out. And and look, you know, if if it starts to get an evidence base behind it, you'll start to hear me, you know, encourage it. Mm. Um, look, <laughs> the biggest more, thing more research needs to more be done, research needs to be done. But the biggest thing for me is is. Um, particularly in this mental health space, is there's I think people really want a quick fix. Yeah, there is no such thing as a quick fix. Yeah, even medications like antidepressants, SSRIs, all these sorts of things only work effectively with psychotherapy. Yeah, so go and see a psychologist. If you think that you can go to a doctor and take an antidepressant and walk away and feel great. It's, that's not going to happen. And oh, yeah. it's, well, it, you know, you might feel a little bit better, but the effectiveness is going to be minuscule compared to doing 
psychotherapy with your medication or psychotherapy by yeah. itself. And yeah. I guess the problem with them, sorry to cut you off. I guess the problem with MDMA and stuff like that is, is like if they go, oh, all right, now the MDMA is making me feel really good today. I don't need to do go to this, right? Then they start developing a habit. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. of drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's like we're walking that fine line. Hey? Yeah. It's yeah. such a look. It's an uncontrolled thing, you know. Like, um, you know, going and taking magic mushrooms at a non-clinically, di- you know, advised dose. You know, uh, yeah. Like, look, I'm sure that there's people that have had effective, um, you know, experiences of it. It's not something that I would ever recommend anybody do. Yeah. But you know, look, I, I think it's an exciting research stream. Yeah. Um, look, anything that I can effectively try and assist somebody is something that I'm going to, um, you know, be interested in and look forward to, to hearing about it. But at, at present, I'd be very, very hesitant to sort of endorse anything. Of course. But I think it's more just if they're looking at something like, you know, say with like the DMT stuff and yeah. mushrooms and that as well, and where it is something where that particularly is a more natural thing. So if there's a way that they are able to find something like that that has – way in micro dose can have way less side effects than what some of the pharmaceutical stuff has for people Um, because you know one of the biggest things and um you know everyone has their own thoughts about uh antidepressants and whatever else but my personal experience with people with them is the struggles with that one didn't really work let's get you off this one and on this one that one didn't really work and ramp it up the yeah let's go up let's go down down. all those things Mm. and and that some of that comes down to you know it could be misdiagnosis and there's all of that kind of you know the concerns of it as well, but there's just so much else that that person's then having to deal with on, on top. top of what they wanted it for in the first place. Exactly. So if some of these things that in a low dose aren't going to give them the weight loss, the hormonal things, the killing your sex drive, the whatever else it may be. Um, uh, it, like I think that there's something there it's yeah, something and worth look, continuing to research into d- for sure. yeah most definitely but I th- and look my biggest message I'm going to hammer home with all of this is um, and look this comes from lived experience as well like I do I still take medication yep. uh, you know and I, I think I will for the rest of my life it's not something that I've ever been able to come off yep. effectively and control my um, compulsions yep. but the consistent through um sort of the change of medication until I got the right balance with psychotherapy. And so, I, you know, it was always something that I kept moving and kept and it kept me stable. Yeah. And, you know, even if somebody does decide, although I highly don't recommend it, but, you know, even if somebody was going to do a DMT experience, um, it's not going to solve the entire yeah, problem. You that. might... It's not a master you know, key. Yeah. No, Look, I'd love, I'd love there to be the magic, you mm. know, Charlie the Chocolate Factory pill that's, yep. you know, gobstopper for the rest of your life. Uh, it'd be fucking awesome. But, uh, mm. you know, I, and I think that's, that's something people – it shows to me that there's distress in people that they just want the problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my best advice is to go and – let's go and confront those problems with a healthcare professional and fucking – Plan, yeah. Trust yeah. me, things will get better. And drive to yeah. the bottom of them and see where they're stumbling, stumbling from. from. I think just the thing – well. It's just a little catchphrase is what I want to throw in is the things that we're talking about is that masking effect to a degree. It's the Band-Aid effect. Do you know what I mean? So we're sort of just – we're just covering the wound and just, like, not looking at it. So we're stopping the sting. But once that Band-Aid comes off, that wound's still there. It's still raw. It's still going to hurt, you know. Mm. So I think, you know, until we address the wound properly – um, just chucking a Band-Aid on it, it's, not, it's going to be good short-term. So whether it is, you know, taking these form of drugs that you're talking about. And, look, 
for me anyway, like one of our key messages and I would like to promote just here is that, you know, I think like anything that you're going to do in that regard has to be done carefully and in moderation and have your research done yeah. um, and know what you're entering in because obviously the, the side effects of any sort of drug can be the, the come down, which can obviously affect negatively on your mental Absolutely. health anyway. Yeah, exactly right. So if you're not going to be – if you're already in a low sort of mental state and then you take something that's going to make you better and it does peak you, well, it might send you a bit lower than what you were by taking it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So it can – it can actually probably increase the the level of the negativity effect of it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're right. definitely talking about it more so in the sense like where they've been doing the you know veteran where they yeah. they get all the veterans together and they do it as like a almost like a guided meditation Tation, where yeah. also and they'll do it over a few weeks where they keep coming back. So those are the kind of programs that I have more interest in. I'm not. By any way, like, yeah. hey, if you've got mental health, let's get on the bus. I look, I think it's a look. It's a, you're seeing these changes within psychology as well. So, like you know, traditionally it was you know. Um, like Freudian theory, subconscious, let's lie on the couch and talk about the size of your dick and shit like that. Yeah, know, you know, yeah. whatever Freud did, he he snorted a lot of coke, by the way. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but then you move into this this CBT and then there's this third wave now of ACT and meditation. Yeah. And look, psychology was probably exciting because it is developing in these types of things and looking outside the box. We're not sitting in this westernised. Yeah. We're looking back to the eastern movements and, mm. and going, shit, is there other stuff that we can start doing to improve mental health? And and look, it's not my niche, um, but I, I think it's pretty exciting to be yeah, a part man, of. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, keep a track on it. Don't drop a DNT, but, you know. <laughs> Yeah, have a look. Well, at for, especially the ketamine one is interesting because yeah. I've been around some people on K yeah. and that's, they're definitely not having a time that I resemble working through. <laughs> working through anything, actually. I think sometimes that's the main concern is that people – and look, it's, it's hard. This is what always cracks me up about research is that, you know, the headline that gets released is ketamine – assist with depression and you're like yeah not really like you know like you're saying micro dosing and it's like guys you know maybe have a little bit of a deeper read of the topic yeah but yeah. yeah look uh, look it's, there's there's so much stuff out there and and this kind of leads me to to the other side of things is that there's psychology is not it's not stuck in this place anymore it's it's you know, if you go and see a psychologist and you don't get on with the person or you don't have the therapeutic relationship with them, go see another one because yeah. there's plenty out there. Oh, yeah. It yeah. might take you a little bit of time to get in, but you'll find that person that, that sits in your style. You know, we generally there's so much talk, you know, like I think blokes are hesitant to go because they're so worried that you're going to have to sit there and pour out your feelings and it's like... If that's not what you want to do, well, I'm not going to force you to do yeah, it, but I'm going to give you some practical fucking tools <laughs> that you can go home with. Cool, you know. Yeah. Can yeah. I, I'll just jump in there just quickly. Um, we did a, um, a live show back in March with a bloke called Nathan Bolton. So him and his brother, Nathan, Dan, it's posted to our page. It was supposed to be live, but yep. um, we pre-recorded, so it's up in a four-part video. Yeah, cool. But anyway, Nathan is a returned war veteran from Af Afghanistan. He does a lot of um, community talking now, and he sits on all these different um, boards you know, within South Australian Charlie. community, you know, yep, to yep. do with mental health and suicide and whatnot. Amazing speaker. Um, but it's very similar story. Like this has been one of Simo's massive messages to anyone looking at going to get sort of, um, you know, psychological help or whatever. But And he talks about don't settle for the first bloke. And it was really refreshing to hear Nathan. We said so... And one of my questions to him was, right, you've identified there was a problem with you. At what point did you go from that to, 
walking through those doors of the psychologist and going, I need to be here. Yeah. And he gave this really cool story about that. But his message there was he was so anti-psychology. He was like, how the fuck are these people going to fix me? I've seen everything. I've seen my mates blown up next to me. I've, yeah. You know, he's, he loses thought he was to too that. far gone. He was too far gone mm. in his mind. And he, I think he says it got to about his fifth psychologist and, you know, he said he hated the profession, you know, and he sort of went in with that negative attitude and by the fifth one he sits down there and sort of said, you know, so what are you going to do for me? And the psychologist turns around and goes, Nathan, this is not about me. This is about you. What do you want from me? And he was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a real changing moment for him. And I think anyone going in to see a psychologist for the first time needs to understand that you're there or these people are there for you. What are you wanting to get out of them? Yeah. You're obviously there for a reason. You've driven yourself there. You've made the appointment. You've got there. You're now sitting in the front of the chair or whatever it may be, whatever dynamic you're sitting in. What the fuck do you want to say? I yeah, think, I think a good analogy for that would be like they're not there to fix you; they're there to help you fix it's yourself. Hundred percent. And any Perfect. good psychologist is there to let you fix yourself. It's called yeah. a therapeutic relationship. I'm not there to tell you how to do things. I'm there to guide you on that journey. Mm. Um, and look, any good psychologist doesn't want to see you for, <laughs> if they don't have to. Exactly right. They yeah. want you to get better deal with your own problems on your own time and please, you know, but that, and that's an effective psychologist, but just keep going. You'll find somebody that niches is like, I went through three or four when I was younger and I found this bloke that's very similar story to mine, ex construction worker, went back to uni and man, it just clicked. Yeah. That was it. It was like, you know, you just know and you're like, fuck, you know, you don't marry the first girl you sleep with. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what you mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. do, you've got to find the right person. And I think that's a big message that we always push home is yeah. so some people go in and then that's it, psychology shit, and I don't want to ever do with it. Just keep going back, you'll find a good one. Another thing I just really want to make clear here is uh, I think, again, going back to that shame and that, that sort of stigma around negative response about going to a psychologist, and, and I think that comes because you're in a negative space when you go there in your head and that's kind of the reason why you're there. But as you start working through those things in your appointments and you are getting, I'm putting inverted commas here, you are getting better or you're getting back to being a better version of yourself is how I like to explain it. Um, if, you, if you're going up to an appointment and you're having a fucking really good week, please don't cancel that appointment. Go still see your psych and tell them why you're having yeah. a good week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because psychology isn't about talking Just negative about, yeah. and like, oh, this and that. It is about growth and being positive and reconnecting with yourself and like I just said trying to become the better version of yourself so if you can tell your site man fucking I had a killer week this week all right let's explore that why did you have a good week this week or yeah, why did you yeah. have a good day this week and why was it one good day out of seven rather than seven shit days yeah. and then build on that one day until that one day becomes two three four and, and you know the multiplier effects so, yeah because if yeah. you can identify your strengths then you can keep yeah. working them we've got a very um you know I think Clinical psychology is very much, I think people have got this viewpoint of, you know, it's diagnosis of, you know, disorders and, and, you know, PTSD and all those sorts of things. But then there's positive psychology as well that's trying to drive you. You see the best sports professionals all 
you know, you have employ psychologists to get them to perform at their best. Yeah, well, that's what my uncle does. He's a sports psychologist. Yeah. And he works with the Olympi- Olympians and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like, so oh, hang on, cool. you know, like, why can't a normal everyday person be encouraged to do that as well? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Fucking. Because that, that's part of it, right? Is that so exactly what you were saying where they're like, they have a good week and they cancel their appointment because they yeah. think that they're only there to bounce them back off the bottom mm. instead of like, no, I'm here to, to again, keep that ripple going, going. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the time so that you're not then coming back at the, I don't want to see you back in my office at, a, at the bottom. I want no. you to be constantly coming in at the, in the middle or up or slightly down instead of where we were when we first started. Yeah. And then once, that, once I see that consistency, I'm going to be like, look, cruising. Yeah. You, yeah. Come yeah. back and see me when you want to see yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think you need to be yeah. here? Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. I remember like just my last experience from last year, you know, it only took, uh, not that it's like, it only took, you know, like yeah. um, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I was only there for four sessions, but that four sessions was enough just to help me process that stuff to the point on that fourth session. It was actually a referral that Simo gave to me. He was one of his mentors back in the day. He was a fucking great bloke, man. Really, really, I was fortunate to click with him straight away. So I didn't have to worry about going, I might explore someone else. But by that fourth session, we were getting towards the end and he goes, Rich, like, you know, I know I've only met you over four sessions, but you seem heaps better to when, like, what are you thinking? Like, do you think you need to be here next week or do you want to extend it out for, I just said, you know what? I've got 10 sessions, I've used four, let's just park up the next six sessions and if I need you, bro, I'll call you. Yeah, yeah, he goes, sure. done, I'm That's here. Killer. And, you know, it was just enough just to get me back. Yeah, fuck I'll, it, dude. And I'll, I'll keep going back to that that little saying where being the best, what I feel is the best version of myself because I think as blokes we know internally, you know when you're not running right, yeah? Yeah, yeah fucking absolutely. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think... If it's every now and then, that's cool. You can deal with that because we just talked about those tools that we implement to ourselves to get us back and we, we get back on that ripple effect. But if we're waking up day after day and we're not feeling right, then we're not feeling right a little bit more and then, you know, we can feel that sliding scale. Well, yeah, that's when we need to sort of internalise a little bit and go, shit, do I need to, do I need to reach out here? Do I need to, yep. you know, what's going on with me? I'm, I'm not feeling myself, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to segue a little bit in here too because I think it's a really... A really good thing that we haven't touched on. And I That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Segway now, and so then we'll um, jump into some questions and wrap it up after that. Yeah, yeah, we've, got yeah. A, we've got a set of questions we ask our guests every time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah. finish on a bit of a fun right. outreach. Yeah, so I fall asleep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the mic testing. For the, has this thing been on? <laughs> uh, no, so I think we're at a really interesting point with mental health in the community right now. Um, you know, especially with guys like Simo and I think we've got a new face of people driving our cause, so to speak. Yep. And I say our cause, not like us for here, but as a community. Yep. Yeah. Every person who's passionate or getting around mental health, I think we can see a bit of an influx. And I think the reason why that, that change is there or starting to be there is I think our, when I say our, that 30 to 40, you know, 30 to 40 age bracket, I'm going to call it. I think we're that breaking point of reducing the stigma of our predecessors. Yeah. You know, the, those 80, 70, 60-year-old blokes who taught me as an apprentice back on the tools, who were those, just fucking get on yeah, with it, mate. Man. What are you worried about? Rah, rah, rah. They're moving on, we'll say. And I think guys like us are starting to see the value in, in talking and being vulnerable and opening up about our feelings because we don't have to just get on with it all the fucking time. And I think that is now starting a bit of a trend, whether it's social media or what, but I, I, I tend to think and see that 
the our younger youth, our generation, are a lot more open to their feelings and mm. are able to talk out a bit, as long as we're giving them the right tools. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there's always going to be that demographic, unfortunately, but I think with with the access to technology that we have, there is so much more knowledge, research got by legends like this, and getting that information out into the community. I'm really starting to. I feel like I'm really starting to see a, a bit of a push that guys our age and hopefully older who who don't want to fit the yep. I'm going to bottle up the feelings mold. But I really I can I really honestly believe that there is starting to be that ripple effect yep. getting pushed down to our, to our peers and those younger generations, yeah. those groups, especially through social media, that they go, you know what, I can talk, I can talk about my feelings or. Fuck that guy bullying me. I need to stand up to him. I do need to tell the teacher this is affecting me in a negative yeah, way, or whatever sure. it might be. So, I think we're at a. I, I use this word a lot, but I think we're at a beautiful point. Yeah. Um, and we're sort of at, at the fulcrum point where we're tipping over. Definitely. Where we're not on top of mental health, but we're actually starting to see, you know, the change start being of made. The, yeah, of yeah, a change yeah. being well, made. A very good example of that is because I've got a lot of I'm a I'm a paper bitch myself. I've always worked in offices, but all of my mates are all uh, tradies, you know, concreters, all of those kind of people. And the amount of them that you know, some of them I've been friends with for close to twenty years now, and the amount of them that are now starting to find themselves in a job where their senior or their manager or whatever is someone who understands what it is to be a bloke and the things that everyone struggles with or whatever. And that that has made such a monumental difference to their happiness at work because there's been this culture. And as you said, you focus on the construction stuff. So you probably know exactly what it's like where, you know, you can't, you chuck a sickie or you're hurting the company or whatever. There's no such thing as a mental health day. Mm. There's no, even a, a big thing has been that I'm starting to see a shift in is this whole like, uh, you know, blokes being able to say, hey, my kid needs me today. I don't want the missus to have to, because this is the part of this whole thing. Families have both people working, Absolutely. right? So then when you've got the missus who luckily has a job who is a bit more understanding because her boss is a woman who has kids, so she lets her take her annual leave off or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the guy goes, well, there's no chance of me getting a fucking day if my boss will kill me. Yeah. So that, but then that creates that pressure, that thing. And then the wife's going, well, I've got no annual leave left now. Like, and you've got, and you're just working fucking six days a week. Like just creates this whole thing, pressure, pressure, pressure builds up. Then they've got no outlets, no way to talk about it. So we're starting to see that move where, you know, a bloke can turn around to his boss and go, mate, I've got to have the kids today. Cause my missus already had two days off. They're still sick. They can't go to school. And the boss goes, mate, no worries. All good. Yeah. The pressure comes off. They go home. They get an extra day with their kids, which is always, you know, usually a, an uplifting thing when you know that you don't have to be there. If you've got a bit of sick leave banked up, you're still being paid now to sit at home and mm. play Xbox with your son or whatever. Yeah. And it's just such a different thing. And I think yeah, that's making a, those kind of uh, progressions uh, where you're saying some of these fucking boomers are starting to age out of these jobs. Um, and, you know, we're the culprits for that kind of like, now you work yourself. And I mean, if you look at, the relationships of those people and the way that their life, you know, you can see all the fucking signs that they weren't dealing with their own stuff well, but it's just bottle up, comes out in bad ways, alcoholism, whatever it may be. And then they're the ones that are in charge of a fucking job site that are expected everyone to carry that same torch that they do, which is a ridiculously high expectation to have for themselves, let alone all the people that are under them. So it's just, you are starting to see that people like us that have this understanding of what everyone else, because that's a lot of what it is as well. It's we're all conduits for each other, oh, right? Sure, yeah. So, you know, when I, 
uh, and hanging out. You know, Saturday we're having a, a few people over here because we were supposed to have a music festival on Saturday. They got fucking cancelled because of Rona. <laughs> so yeah. we've decided to have a, a gathering here with all of the people that were going to go to the festival so we can catch up. So, you know, we'll sit around and you're just like, you know, everyone will talk about whatever's going on, whatever they're going through because we've just now established that kind of like, it's an f- open forum all the time. Have a yeah. chat about whatever's getting you down. Awesome. So because we're that lightning rod for that stuff, the more of those that you can place in a work site, in a footy club, in a gym, whatever it is, where people go, oh, holy shit, this is that person that can help me. And then the people around him become good. The people around him, that's all we need to do. Yeah, man, is just place them, place them everywhere. I just want to really touch on something that you said about, about the workplace. And I think I can sort of see that change and we'll call it evolution now. Um, Zach Hauser, who we had on our July live again, he made a really good point. And he said, look, sick days are built into your salary or into your into yeah. your award or whatever you might be under, right? Sick days don't necessarily have to be there because you've got the flu or whatever. Sick days can mean I'm just not feeling it today or more mentally I cannot fucking deal with going to work today. Take that day. Mm. That's That's the time. That's when a sick day is can be used now as well, all right? And it's really nice to hear him say, I did it last year. Um, I just said to my boss, I'm like, mate, mentally I'm fucking struggling right now. I need, to, I need to take the foot off the accelerator and pump the brake a bit here and I just need to chill, all right? I need a couple of days off. Mate, thanks for being so open and honest. Take it. Take, you know, so I, th- I think there's a change in that culture is what I'm alluding to. Yeah. And, and I want people to know that it's okay. Take a sickie. But take a sickie for your mental health just as you would if you, yep. need, if you need to tie yourself up in bed and get over the flu or the cold. Yep. So yeah. It's the same thing. We can yep. draw parallels here. Yeah, yeah well. if I ring, you know, yeah. And sometimes I think as well, if you ring your boss and, you know, you keep, your, your missus is in hospital, I need to look after my kid, and he's turning around telling you you need to get into work because you're struggling, well, get a new fucking boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you lose respect or, for that person. Or, or, or chuck a sickie anyway, and just go, oh, fuck you. Yeah. 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 And then, then ring the other line and go, I'm not coming in today, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so use those sickies. You yeah, know, man, um, for sure. Because it's important. I think, look, I don't know the structure anymore, really, but I think off the top of my head, I think you get about 10 yeah. uh, built into your yeah. package a year. And if you don't take them, they sit there and they build up with some companies over time. So, yeah. look, yeah, if you if you are at that struggling point or, you know, it just can be pressure, stress, heat, whatever, whatever's mm, yeah. happening in your workplace. When but, I say heat, you know, that compounding effect yeah, of what yeah, things yeah. getting on top of you. Take, take a day off, disconnect. But yeah, part of the problem though, and this is where I think this progression is important, is that people would be made to feel weak. Like, uh, not, even, no, not even weak. Like you've let the company down yeah. for taking a sick day, right? So people then become, even though they get to the point where I really need a day off today, they then don't do it because and they think that the flow-on effect of not taking it is <laughs> yeah. worse than taking it. Yeah, and that's what needs to. That's that, the thing that I want to change. Yeah. And I think that's who. That, that, that's just fired something inside of me that pisses me off that people out there think like that. And let, let's look at it this way: if you've got a worker who's working in a negative mindset, how's that efficient or streamlining exactly your right, comps, yeah. right? You need your workers to be on their game, right? Mm. So to do that, if your worker needs a day off so he can mentally reset, so he can be on top of his game and work for you efficiently, now we've got success. Yeah. You know? So why would you negatively put down a bloke for wanting to have a fucking mental health day? I just... You without, are, I know, without saying in politi- uh, without sounding politically incorrect, but I'd just love to fucking yeah, punch someone like that in the face and go, yeah, mate, yeah. wake up. You, like, you are seeing those changes, though. Like, yeah. look, 
groups that's now like and workplaces are starting to understand there's research that's coming out that's showing that you know mental health is related to productivity and all those sorts of things um you know you're seeing people you know investing in in wellness programs um employees assistance programs all these different things and so i think the workplace is starting to shift Mm. which is super exciting and it's happening in those industries that i never you know in my lifetime i never thought Thought would happen happen. you know construction there's mates in construction you know all these types of support programs for suicide and like when i was 16 and starting out in the tools like you know it didn't exist so yeah yeah it's happening and and look the other thing is that i just thought the last thing i want to say is i think people hesitate making that contact to tell their boss that they're struggling of course yeah and i think that you know Every time I've had that conversation with my boss, it's actually gone really well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, same I think thing. sometimes yeah. you get that thing that you try and hold it in and you don't want to say anything. It's that sort of stigma. and But you have that conversation and, and a lot of the time your boss knows that it's there but they're waiting for you to say something yeah. and they're, they're far more understanding than what you would expect. Yep. You know, yep. You're not asking to for them to murder on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. asking for a fucking day off. Exactly right. Yeah. And yeah. I think, again, and going back to it, is it's part of that therapeutic approach by acknowledging and yeah. verbalising it there in front of your boss. You've started, remember we were just talking about that yeah, therapeutic. Exactly you know, right, getting it not, out. We're not going to see the psych just yet, but we're just getting it out. Mm. And that's already starting to fucking problem. let people know that, fuck, man, I'm struggling. That's part of that yeah. healing process already for the mind. Well, so, sometimes yeah, they'll, like, if the, the, boss, step. the boss will pick up and go, oh, we've got to squeeze a couple more in there. Squeeze it in. But, you know, some days I know, uh, you know, I think you've had it done more for a thing, but, like, you know, sometimes the boss will be like, I'll tell you what, fucking go do something really piss easy for today and just fucking go out there on your own, not be doing the really yeah. he- heavy lifting stuff that you're normally doing. And just have a have an easy day. So maybe you don't need a sick day. No. And that say, having that conversation with your boss and being like, mate, I'm real. I've had the worst sleep, whatever it is, because I've just been struggling with everything. And he goes, mate, or oh, go get in the truck and go and do this or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in that truck and you're not doing your normal job and whatever, and you feel ten times better yeah. because you just had that conversation. Yeah. It was acknowledged. It was acknowledged even more by the boss going, I tell you what, fucking go do this and I'll I'll fix that up or whatever. And you're like holy shit, I was heard, I was understood, and, and it was, yeah. you know, something was done yeah. about it. That can make all the difference. 100%, bro. And the flip side of what we're doing is it, it does this. It creates conversation yep. between you and your boss, but then it opens up. It almost becomes an invitation because if you're, if you're opening up to your boss, the boss might just go, man, I've, I've been where you're at. Yep. And then it normalises it again. So then it, it re- reinforces to you, okay, it's okay to feel yep. like this. You know, so it's about that communication and connecting with each other again and, talking about these things because, you know, if you just put the head down and kept going and then Jimmy just goes, cuts his fucking hand off because his mind's not on the job, the boss mm. like, you fucking dickhead. Like, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. I'm sure he won't say you fucking dickhead. There'll be some element of concern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, acknowledging that and then opening up and then having that, again, that communication, that conversation like us boys are having right now, yep. you start sharing, don't we? And yeah, then and it, it normalises again. And, you know, this is the whole fucking message for, for any mental health awareness you know, space out there is this is what we need to do. We just need to normalise it for us blokes so that those guys out there go, I'm not fucking talking about how I'm feeling. Bro, it's okay. Just do it, it, man. Mm. If you want to. If you want to. If you don't or you don't feel comfortable with it, there's nothing wrong with that either. But when you've given the opportunity, if it feels like something that you want to do at that time, 
embrace it go yeah. for it and let it out you know and you know you know even if it doesn't feel natural maybe give it a try what like do you, what you got to lose what have you got to <laughs> yeah, lose exactly right? Right. you know yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, well, i think that's a perfect uh, yeah, that's, I that's a perfect up. way to uh, <laughs> wrap it up into uh, right. some questions let's so do these questions let's every do uh, every guest we have on we we have I'm, a set I'm of questions that we ask i'm taking a bit when we when we hit the mic stop you can fill us in on wherever your mind wanted to We've, had of, I'm, we've known you guys for about two hours and I'm getting fucking nervous now about yeah. questions. <laughs> nah, they're, look, they're, nah. Nah, they're, they're nice they're, and they're, easy. They're nice and easy. We'll fire oh. off the first one. What's your favourite song? Of all time. Of all time. Shit. Now we often, yeah, we often say, look, you don't have to give us one. We can, you can give us a top three. Oh, and then try and get out but, of that but, top come three. Come on, squeeze one. one really you know, just, like, oh, bro him by Pennywise. Oh. We haven't had any Pennywise yeah. actually. Honestly, it's, it's it's just I don't know it hits me I've got a fair few actually yeah yeah you've got a couple of others that come to mind yeah um oh, now it's just gone yeah. gone away by the offsprings another massive yeah. one so you just love your punk love. yeah yeah I love my punk but it's something they've all got a similar theme that just uh it's they're about distress and pain and yeah. I don't yeah. know there's something that just um yeah hits me what about you Richie oh bro that's such a hard question because I do love my music I've had a bit of a music background growing up so yeah. the, fir the first thing that came to mind when you boys said that was Rage Against the Machine killing oh, in the name of yeah. I don't know why this Kill is my old school song. and I just I saw that uh, Rage play live um, really so when was, was that that was killer that was at um, uh, bloody uh, Big Day Out oh at, killer um, yeah. yeah fucking back in 52. So one of my, one of my parents' favourite early memories of me is actually me at about three years old running around going "fuck you, I won't do what you tell me." <laughs> <laughs> they always tell people well, about maybe that. Maybe that's so. probably why I was yeah. a, bit of a, a bit of a rebel without a cause. But yeah, so that, that's one, and I don't know why, but I'm just drawn, and I've been listening to it lately. Is that I don't even know who sings it, who, but it's been covered that many times. Is "Lean on Me." Yeah. Lean on me. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> don't <say that>. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not into this. For the full, uh, um, for the full uh, version of him covering that song, <laughs> go to the Facebook yeah, I page. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> um, oh, that goes everywhere. I like, you know, hit my, oh, I, love, I love a bit of Hilltop Hoods, keep it local. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. Hilltop Hoods. Old like, Hilltop for me is a, or is a big go to. Me too, yeah. yeah 100%. But then one of my fondest memories is. Um, my daughter, like my my oldest daughter, she's seven, and um, at about six months old, I'd be changing a nappy, and she used to love Cosby sweater. Yeah, oh, really? and for me to keep her still, like she just like chill out, and she'd get this big smile on her That's face killer. when I play Hilltop Hoods Cosby sweater. So That's it's killer. a real favourite song of yeah. mine. But. Um, and again, another curveball is every song that you've ever no, listened no, to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, exactly. Rudimental, right. feel the love is. Yeah. I don't know why that oh, just yeah, gets me at the moment yeah. for some reason. And it's an old school one, but uh, yeah, man, weird, there's some good weird, tracks weird, out there. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. mine are all old school, like Fleetwood Mac and oh, Neil yeah, Young. Oh, oh yeah, Led Zeppelin too. Yeah, I just, I'm not so sure about. Metallica. Current music, yeah, yeah. It's uh, bit of Look, there's, there's a lot of good music oh. out now. It's just a matter of finding it. Yeah, See, we're, digging we're around. both massive metalheads, so like yeah. we're not, stuff that's not getting played on the radio See, for sure like, as well. So you got to sift through that. Yeah, yeah Pantera, yeah, you know, uh, down. Yeah. You know, I love yeah. all those types of things. Yeah. I think it's all mood, it's all mood related for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 I've got yeah. I got playlists for when I'm writing articles, mm. and then I got playlists for gym. But yeah, I love that classic cliche of like, how can you listen to that? 
that angry music. I'm like, that's what gets me. When I'm driving down the road, and like someone's like doing the most demonic scream of all time, that's that, that's, that's soothing. That, for that, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm punching the steering wheel instead of the bloke in the car <laughs> yeah. next to him just cut me off, right? I think, that's, uh, that's still, uh, there's a video, I think, on our Instagram pages of me probably singing to a song because I still sometimes will in the car just. It wasn't lean on me, bone Really, was it this part? No, but I still think you know. There's nothing better than just just singing at the top of your lungs. I agree, man. Absolutely, I get laughed at in the car because I sing like yeah, and I'm trying to hit them notes that I'm never gonna hit. Fucking try. Richie's definitely not. All right, question number two. Question number two. Question number two is: Who is your favorite comedian or comedic actor? Well, apart from you, of course, Justin. Oh, thank you, thank you. You go, because I'll need a bit of time to think. Ah, uh, Robin Williams, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. We have a fucking huge Yeah, that call. is, yeah, that is not had that one before? Do you know what? I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. I was on the other day. And yes. I was, yeah. It's yeah. so so There's nothing. I, yeah. I don't think anyone will get, get to that. No, and Robin Jim Jeffries is another cracker. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I would almost go down the Robin Williams path, but I don't know why, but um, oh, I just had him. Adam Sandler's in my head for some reason. Yep. Yeah, know. fucking oath, dude. You can't. He, he play, he play, he's he's a, I was watching some of his old SNL stuff came up on Facebook the other day, and I was watching some of that, and fuck, he was great on that. And yeah. Like, you know, everyone so quickly gets drawn to yeah, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, whatever, yeah, because yeah. they were so iconic. But yeah. you know, that's where that's the reason he got all of those movie roles is because of his time on SNL, and it was yeah. fucking great. The work, that yeah, he did him and Chris Farley, like Chris, Chris oh. Farley's another one. Yeah. You know, the blue Belushi as well. You sort of sit there and you're like, fuck, you know, yeah, uh, same thing. Look. It's different now, I think, comedy. I'm not going to tell you what it's like. But no, yeah, of course I think no, it's, it's like it's the landscape's changed yeah. too. Yeah. yeah like Can you just do like a Mrs. Doubtfire, like, hello, dear? No, because I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> like, yeah. I just wanted something to do for redemption. But, yeah. uh, Chris Farley as well for me is yeah. right up there. Yeah, really uh, cool. there's, yeah, a, there's, good, a, eh? there's a movie called Beverly Hills Ninja that he yeah. does. That's one of my just Old all-time favourites. So Tommy uh, Boy. He's right up there. Yeah, Tommy Boy. Him <laughs> and David Spade, man, just had such, uh, such a good... Dynamic. What about Matt from um, Full uh, Full Tilt Fight and Fitness? He he's uh, Matty. Yeah, he does a bit of comedy. As yeah, well, he was on. Last, so we both were on Cranker last night as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he's great. He's got so much energy. That man up so there on I'm, stage. I'm going to put him down as one. Of, even though I haven't heard yours or his acts, I'm going to put you guys down as my new favourite comedian. Okay, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you've got to go and check now, out my yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to come and have a look. Uh, what's, gonna, what's question? All right, three? question number three. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Getting suicide. Oh, Jesus. We, have, we haven't had that one either. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mine really would definitely be, be invisible. <laughs> yeah, that's a common one, actually. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people. We get that one all the time for different reasons. They, they Sometimes we get it. Time too. Yeah. No, yeah. I just love to be invisible so I could have quiet time. Well, <laughs> yeah. The amazing thing, so we had a, uh, a guest on um, a few a couple of months ago now, and he's a comedian, used to play college basketball, used to play for the NBL, wow. and massive. He's like fucking six foot ten, the most like, you know, out there kind of bloke. And when we asked him that question and the whole episode, we just talked about his life and college and we didn't really get to mental health at all. And then when we asked him that question, he's like, I want to be invisible because sometimes I just want to fucking be able to disappear yeah, because yeah, I had massive social that. anxiety. We ended up having this 20 minute conversation at the end in the middle of the questions about his battle with social anxiety that I would have never fucking guessed in the world. And I guess 
to bring everything full circle. You just never know, you know, even me mm. who's someone who professes to like, you know, have a bit of an understanding about this stuff would have never guessed in a million years that he was someone that struggled with that. Yeah. Introverted extroverts, you yeah. know, and look, yeah. I actually really, that's something that I always align with, you know, I, 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 it's funny, I'm good at being around people, but I don't particularly enjoy it. It drains yeah. me and it sucks my energy out. And so so more, like, like, more like an ambivert, whereas like yeah. depending on your ambience, I guess, like you, you, that's how you react. Like, Yeah, and I just like being by myself. Yeah. yeah. Rich, oh, yeah. used to it. I yeah. just won't talk to him for a oh, month. I think we're all, we're, very, we're, we're all very similar. We all need our alone time every now and then, that's for sure. Yeah. I think we probably in that. You know, and we've just touched on that name. I mean, Robin Williams was a big, you know, he was so beautiful on stage. Yeah, and That was shocking. How, hey. how crazy he was. But then, you know, the demons he must have been fighting. And, and a lot of us wouldn't have known because mm. it, it was off camera, you know, yep. unless we'd seen it, read it in the media or whatever. But, you know, here's another bloke, you know, uh, Monops, um, this rapper, uh, a mate of ours in our circle, we'll call, so um, he wrote a song called Living the Dream. And it was literally about perception of uh, people looking at him externally and looking at what he's what he does and what he's got. And people go, "Wow, man, you're living the dream!" But behind behind all that, he's actually crippled by these mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think it's really important. We can't take anyone on preface. We can't just take them on first face value. Yeah. We really need to get Dick to know people. Some people are really good at hiding it. That's right. Really that pressure to be the person that you have outwardly all the time, especially for those kind of people, performers or whatever, you know, when they're like, no, 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 this is what we need from you. And it's like, maybe I, I don't feel like being that right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's not okay. That's know? probably been the greatest thing I've ever uh, learned in my, as I've gotten older is I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. If, if you, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll need my own time. If you don't like that, well, yeah, sorry. Bad luck, mate. Catch <laughs> me in a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, next question is, and I'm sure that you guys, you've talked about it a bit already with, with some of the techniques, particularly for you, but um, what's your experience with meditation? Oh, mine's actually not as heavy as pro – Richie's probably got a lot more learning in this. I really struggle with meditation. Yeah. Um, I find the breathing side of things works for me, but if trying to get into a really deep meditative yep. state, I – just struggle. I think my best experience has been, um, has it, you guys ever done a float tank? No, no but I want to do so bad yeah. elevation tank and it forced me to <laughs> get into that state because yep. if I've got any sort of stimulation, I'm going over that way instead. Yeah. So, yeah. There's more of that stuff pop, popping up now somewhere. Is there yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of places there's around. There's like one in Glenelg, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Oh, look, there'd be a lot. Yeah, there's no, one, yeah. um, there's a shout out to a, a group called Prana Healing. They've got one, I think they're located on Unley Road. That's where okay, I've been cool. before. Right. Quite holistic. But look, it was a great experience. I mean, physically it was good for me, but mentally... Um, it was really, really cool. It forced me to get into a state. And, um, yeah, that's probably my best experience. I should, probably should go back to Prana Healing. Yeah, I should, you know what? I reckon we should, we should go. Yeah, yeah do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Richie's probably the guru more than oh, me. I wouldn't say I'm a guru, good. but um, I've, I've come from a surfing background, so obviously holding breath and being in water and, you know, being um, underwater for a long time when you're not the best surfer at times, you know, you generally... Don't spend time underwater, yeah. So it's kind of through just, you know, from back when the Hawaiians were doing crazy shit like holding rocks underwater and like trying to walk them as far as they can on one single breath, you know, I'd muck yeah. around with stuff like that just for shits and giggles with mates when we're down the beach and playing around with it. But I guess in the last few years I've really developed it a lot more because I understand the, 
we'll say the, the, the benefits but the healing aspects of it too. Um, I don't, without turning this into a fucking whole new episode, but um, <coughs> Simo touches on it in one of his uh, videos and why breathing so important and what it actually does to us. So it actually invokes the vagus nerve. Now, anyone who's around yoga or does, you know, breath work or, you know, can run you through a, um, a, a breathing exercise will tell you about what it does. So by in, um, invoking this uh, vagus nerve, you're, you're coming down your neurological thought patterns, but you're also coming down your cardiovascular system and you're bringing everything into a, a almost like a sedated state. It calms yeah. everything down, heart rate, you name it, thoughts. You, so hence why it's breathing and meditation goes so well together. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, um, I use it maybe once a week yep. at times or when I need it, um, when things are getting a little bit hectic. Um, so I'll do it in two forms. I'll either just sit here and breathe in a chair, like with open eyes, like we us guys are doing right now. Yep. Um, and that it can be like a, a just a ten breath sequence. Um, and we we have done it when we've gone to do talks. We'll if we're doing a small group chat with people, I'll I'll start the session by people going, look, guys, this is going to feel really weird, especially if you haven't done it before. But let's start this with ten deep breaths. And we we do it, do it all together, and it just takes the edge off. You can see yeah. more just go. Ah, oh, cool. Get some of that anxiety. So out, yeah. there's that side of it. Um, then on some nights I'll do it in a meditation state. So I'll lie flat on the floor, head under my pillow, and really zone out and try and. Um, so I had a mate who who would help me, um, and he'd run me through a meditation technique. So if you want to get into it, I suggest um, probably going to see someone who understands it and can take you through some basic one hundred ones. And that's where I'm at. I'm just at a real basic. Are you talking about transcendental? To a degree, so what he... I don't even know what that means, bro. So <laughs> <laughs> no, like to a degree. <laughs> to a degree. To a degree, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's the, that's just like what it's called. It's okay. called transcendental med- yeah. medication. Uh, meditation, sorry. Meditation. Yeah. yeah, let's run with that. So <laughs> he, he sort of talks about it in a way of focusing um, almost like your eyes outside of your body and seeing, seeing a point outside of you, but then running that point back through your head down okay. the back of your spine into your chest and then having that um, project out through your heart. Yep. So it's a real he, – he's comes from a – I know. <laughs> Simo's like, the video working for that there. <laughs> I know. Simo's like, what, what are you talking about? But he, he sort of sees it because he's um, uh, really inspired by Buddhism. Um, oh, he dope. sees yeah. it as uh, that's his way of really zenning out and he, he brings in a lot of that enlightenment side of it into his meditation. That's so killer. I went to him and just said, look – I don't need to know that stuff. That, that's that stuff you do, and you do that really well. But I just want you to make me meditate in such a way. So anyway, he did that. So I coupled that then with um, stupidly picked the wrong time to do it last year. But I, sta- I started doing that with um, cold water therapy as well. Oh yeah. So then um, a little bit sort of stemming off the Wim Hof stuff, but not as dramatic, you know. Cause yeah. Uh, some of that stuff. But anyway, so I do try that Wim Hof stuff for. I try that. I, I can't have a cold fucking shower in the morning, man. I just nah, can't do it. No, nah, can't, can't do it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of brain training in there too, but you know yeah. the sensory response is crazy. Um, and I was talking to Steve, the mate who we were talking about, who has become a doctor, and yep. he was going to do the, the page with us. Um, he was talking about it how it, um, it actually sends the body into a shock state, and then it, it does all this stuff inside you, and by 
you know, releasing this and Quite teeing into your T cells and all this type of right. stuff, how, how much of a positive benefit it is for your body. So there, there's obviously medical reasons why it's such a good thing. I, I'm not smart enough to understand that. Yep. Um, so I suggest if you want to look into it, speak to the right people or do some research. But yep. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do it on that on, in that regard. And me and my brother actually went through a little bit of a Wim Hof stage while he was over in Melbourne. So we were talking about it and I said, all right, well, let's do a challenge. Let's do it for the next three months and we'll get to the point to see who can fucking hold their breath the longest. Yeah. So you do it over three three phases. I was doing one and sitting on the couch. There was no cold water immersion or anything. It was literally on the couch. And on my third, so we do it in three successions. Like So you do it once, back off, yep. have a little break, go again, back off and then do it a third time. And on the third time we'd record our times. So I got up to four minutes holding wow. my breath. So, and that was... The most I've ever held my What breath. were you on the first? Oh, you didn't time the first, did you? No, no, I timed the first. So generally, because I had a bit of lung capacity, and when I say lung capacity, my body was used to using the oxygen in, a, in an efficient way in my body. Um, you know, I might be able to hold for a minute and a half, minute 45, which yep. for some people, like, yeah, whatever, but other people, it's like, fuck, man, I can't hold my breath for 15 seconds. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> puts his head up. Yeah. So, to push myself from, you know, minute 30, minute 45 out to, to four, four minutes, minutes. Um, with with time, know. it didn't yeah. just happen four the first time. It, so, so mm. to the point, <laughs> my missus was in the kitchen one night and I started doing it and I was laying on the couch. And then I was like, went through my breath uh, exercise sequences, and then I'd have the stopwatch in my hand, and then as I got to the as I got to the end of it, bang, hit the stopwatch, went out. You know, when I say went out, closed my eyes and just went into my meditation state, which I do while I'm sitting there and trying to be efficient with that oxygen in my body. And because I was quiet and laying there for so long, when I came to, I was like. <laughs> She's like, holy shit! She goes, what the fuck are you doing then? She goes, well, I thought you were asleep, and I'm like, no, I was holding my breath. (laughs) So yeah, if she was pregnant like she is now, she probably would have had the baby. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah, definitely something worth exploring, and it's really good for your mental state, and really encouraged by us because it can help. Um, to calm, especially anxiety. You know, a lot of, if our, like some of my friends are experiencing anxiety or an- anxious episodes, so, you know, try and use some shock technique or some splashing water on the face or, you know, getting a physical aspect to bring you back to the present so you're not going down that thought process of yep, that that's a really compounding cool, yeah. thought. Mm. Um, and then um, coupling that with a bit of breathing. Yeah, and yeah, trying awesome. to trying to invoke that vagus nerve. Yeah. Very good, very good. Should we hit so, him with the last question? Yes, yeah. the all important, the, the all one that we the always one. get excited for. The final question we have for every guest is: Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? <laughs> it's really funny for me this question because I actually. <laughs> Broke my back, ankle and pelvis riding a horse. Oh, <laughs> trauma, so bro. I'm going to go for the horse-sized duck. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if I see any type of horse, I get sweaty hands and start shooting yeah. myself. So. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fair. That's the same with me, man. I, I always go, I'll, I'll just take the one horse-sized duck. I'll just yeah, yeah. I'll, f- I'll yeah. fuck that shit up. <laughs> I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go 100 
duck-sized horses. Yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. That's why I'm. F- I'll because fucking kick those little bastards out of the way. Because yeah, yeah they're dense as shit, man. They're little horses. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I know they're coming from here, but I've done a bit of kickboxing. And stuff, <laughs> so I'm thinking a couple of good push kick, side kick, roundhouses. Like, come on. it'd be fun, like a training exercise. Just like <laughs> horses, just like especially if they're in like one of the, you know those uh, things that you put tennis balls in, like just fucking use it like sparring practice and get duck, the baseball out. Nice, dude. There we yeah, go. That'd be sick. Uh, that's love great. It. I love that we had one of each. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yours is awesome. so. All right, before before we write, before we finish it up, what had the fuck? What happened with the the accident? The horse? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, fuck it. It's oh, the horse bashed me. Like, yeah, no, like um, <laughs> it's really funny actually. So I was living on the Gold Coast, and um, so Simo's a pretty big guy. So the, the no, horse probably was, went, "Get the fuck <laughs> off!" <laughs> <of my guy." laughs> I went to a. Um, like I was living on the Gold Coast and we went out for a couple of mates to a mate's um, farm um, and he had horses. I rode horses growing up as from a young age. Yep. My family trained racehorses. So, but we'd had a couple of beers and he jumped on a nag and um, <laughs> went around and then I got on the back of it and then, um, we didn't know at the time but it was actually in foal um, right. and it reared up. And literally fell back on top of me. Oh. And so, yeah, I was very, very lucky to be out of Dude, walk. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and then when it rolled off, it broke my ankle as well because it stayed in the stirrup. So, yeah, got um, airlifted from, <laughs> from, a, from a fucking paddock into a hospital. And, yeah, no, it was a, it's a really good memory. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't sat in a horse ever since. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So have, you're, yeah. you're have, fucking that duck up. You're not going <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No intention of getting anywhere yeah. near. My family still trains trotters. And shit, and I don't want to. You're just rocking up to the family home. Like, <laughs> yeah, find you like, dogs. I got sweaty hands talking. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, sorry <laughs> for fucking. No, yeah, you're yeah, your fucking deep seated trauma. Yeah. So, uh, love so, it. Uh, love it, boys. Yeah. 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 Uh, we're actually going to get you to sing uh, Stand By Me. Uh, lean on me. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Take on me. Some sort of on me. Boys, I want to say a massive thank you for coming in. This has been. We've, we've just hit the two hours. It was uh, pretty pretty easy two hours. Uh, maybe you, know, you were looking like you were struggling yeah. in the last half an hour. But, um, <laughs> but uh, look, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I think that we're definitely going to have to reconvene, hopefully get the third musketeer in uh, at yeah, some bro. point if we can yeah. find another microphone we, yeah, yeah, we, make it work. Um, but uh, look, you, you know, it's yeah, it's absolutely see. amazing uh, what you guys are doing, and and it's just awesome to have this con- kind of conversation uh, even more, and 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 hope that you know all the best for you guys moving forward, and and keep making a difference, and uh, we can't wait to keep tracking your progress as you work along. Oh, bro, and look, same goes for you guys. Thank you so much for inviting us on your show, um, and uh, re- I jumped at the chance, as you know. So yeah. keep up your great work, your community support, getting your message out, and yeah, happy to collab with you guys or any like-minded individuals doing the same thing in the same space. And, you know, you guys are top guys, you know. Thank you very much. You're putting out an awesome message and, you know, I'd love to do this every night if I could, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah thank you. I honestly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for awesome. having us. Yeah. Thank you, nothing else to add to what <laughs> that's yeah. what I said. So Instagram, Instagram at Next Step Oz. Yeah, yeah at Oz. We had to do that because the next step is obviously a collaborative dance group. And <laughs> as you yeah. can see, yeah. by me Simo, we're not going to be busting out any latest uh, new tricky hip-hop moves or, yeah. Yeah, or, that's it. or whatever. Popping yeah. and locking and we, shit. We like chuck the Oz in there so that you can. Is the IG the only platform you've got at the moment? Yeah, yeah so um, yeah. again, without going into a few things, this year um, I guess it's a bit of a pivotal point and because we are volunteers and we are time poor at the best of times, um, we are looking to... 
grow the next step onto a few different platforms, but it's just more to, for us, it is a little bit about funding, unfortunately. Yeah. And we don't yeah. take funding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we've got some amazing people just starting to get around us now that do want to um, fundraise and help us out and give us some awesome. money. So, That's we can, fucking awesome, man. so that is really, really good. Like we, <laughs> I'm not going to spend too much on this, but I did set up a GoFundMe at the end of last year because we were really starting to see that with a bit of with a with a bit of funding, a we could grow this. But all, alternatively, what we wanted to be able to do is for those guys reaching out to us who do want to go to a psychologist, we want to be able to say, do you know what? We'll pay for your first couple of sessions and get you there now, yeah. um, because they might not have the money or they might be financially burdened to a point that you know they've got all the right intentions to want to be able to do it, but they're just, just not financially viable. Yeah. So for us. Funding means putting it into someone like that, um, the right people who need support straight yep. away. Um, so and eventually, set, might mean that it's you know you guys are able to dedicate more time to it. You know, so if you yeah. guys are having to work full time or do whatever, and then you're also trying to provide the support. You know, any sort of funding means that hey, I'm able to to be able to give it that little bit more time. So yeah, the GoFundMe is still So the, the GoFundMe is, is way down. So I think I set it up towards the end of last year. We had three awesome friends of ours donate. Um, yep. And, you know, it was, just, it was just nice for them to be able to do that. And we did use that funding in a positive way. So some of that funding um, I've donated back to other people fundraising for mental health, yeah, health awareness. Good, so, again, that, that pay it forward scenario. Yep. Yep. Um, and then um, uh, you know, a couple of where we've tried to bring in the right people, you know, bought a coffee for someone to say thank you for their time on doing something like this for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where our funding's gone. But like I said, if we were to get funding, we want to start pushing it towards <coughs> getting someone to help us because, as you have heard tonight, we are fucking technologically uh, illiterate, both yeah. of us, yeah. right, and even Brady. So we want to revamp our logo. We want to we want to do, do a website eventually. We want to put from Instagram over across to Facebook. Um, and help, have someone help back us in that and do it properly. And yeah. we, we just we want to come across a little bit more uh, polished. Yeah. And well, let me know when you want to do it because like, I run a marketing agency. And <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. And like we, we build websites. The, uh, the yeah. 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 I literally looked yeah. at it and was like, oh, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I had so no we, idea. We'll so. be happy to help you in the future. So that'll be, that'd I'm be really good. handball all those technological things. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. But thank you. And and this is where community supporting community is what what it's about. And hence why we're here. You know, like it's just more about getting the message out. And you meet some fucking cool blokes and you know we get to have these conversations so what well, you bro so excellent yeah. well richie Simo, thank you very much boys thanks, thanks lads thanks, thanks ryan thanks justin catch you next time